Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 202 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm good, Joe. How's it going with you? Uh, I'm doing well. It's well, been a quiet funny. week for you. I haven't seen any dull Safarian posted. Uh, no, you know what? I, I did post some stuff like maybe two days ago. I mean, I didn't buy anything. I didn't. There's been hardly anything to look at. It like even the stuff that people claim are peg warmers. I don't even see in the, in this area. But I have uh, four tabs on BrickSeek open on my phone for some stuff, and I check it a couple times a day. So uh, while I might not be on the hunt, I am ready. You know, I'm ready to strike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, hopefully you could be using all that extra time to watch some wrestling, you know? Nah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) I guess not. No. (laughs) 202 episodes. You should know by now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You barely turned the corner with me. (laughs) Barely. Well, listen, you you claimed you were watching NXT this week, and... Well, I I did do a quick once-over. I gotta, you know, I gotta keep tabs on Cora Jade. She's, uh... She's all in black now. That means she's a bad guy. I don't know if you saw this. Can I can I ruin your day? Uh, why not? Go for it. All right. I'm looking at your uh, you're sharing your screen on your Twitter, and I'm waiting for this this day ruining thing to come up. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. What a surprise a celebrity woman has a boyfriend, you know, or a guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, no, Joe, my chances of hooking up with them are gone. It was it was so close before. Now it's ruined. Well, listen, I'm just saying, you know, if you guys got in the same room together, maybe there might have been a chance. Now, I don't think so. Oh, now now it's down to just completely zero or I'm going to say single digit chances. Um, I, right, <laughs> I would put it less than 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine, though. That's mm-hmm. fine. Another ship in the sea, or what did they say? Plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> Another ship in the sea is what they <laughs> always say. Yeah. Very famous saying. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into business. Let's keep this under a three-hour show this week, huh? No problem. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents... This day in wrestling history. All right. This day in wrestling history. It's the head-to-head matchup 1997 of Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro. Uh, Nitro hailing from Denver, Colorado. Shout out to Wiki. Maybe you were at this show. Maybe you weren't. Uh, But this is the continuation leading up to Fall Brawl of whether or not Kurt Henning is going to join the NWO or the Four Horsemen, even though if you watch the program, it's very clear he's joining the NWO. If he wants to sell some merch, he's joining the NWO. That's right. Uh, It's also um, J.J. Dillon offers uh, Sting another contract to face another member of the NWO, and this time it's six. Oh, see, that's practically the best person to to wrestle. Why didn't he take Mm -hmm. that offer? So Sting, for the second week in a row, rips up the contract. Ah. Because last week it was Kurt Henning, someone who's definitely not in the NWO. This time he knows that Sting wants to get his hands on the NWO. Mm -hmm. Sting rips up the contract, points to the crowd with the bat, who are chanting Hogan's name, 
And J.J. Dillon has to stand there, like, rub his chin, like, hmm, I wonder what this could be about. So which is more annoying, uh, a commentator playing dumb like that in that scenario, or one of them, like, maybe something we'll talk about later, but, like, a returning wrestler where they're like, "Who could it be? Is that, is that, is that, could it be? Is it, is it, is it? Killer Cross, you know, like one of those like eight minute long prolonged, like not sure who it is, which is worse. If I recall commentary was like kind of indignant of like, oh, we know we all know who he wants, but they could they couldn't be the ones that come right out and say Hogan. J.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon, who's supposed to be the president of World Championship Wrestling, who's supposed to be following the product, <laughs> should know who Sting wants to wrestle. Oh, he's an old man. Give him a break. Sure. <laughs> Now, over on the competition, over on Monday Night Raw, big things are a-doing, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's set up earlier in the night uh, that the main event of Raw is going to be Shawn Michaels versus Mankind. Even though Mankind has already debuted as Dude Love. He's kind of doing both characters at the same time, right? Yep, smart. Double the merch. Right. And they're having uh, interviews with fans. Who do they think is going to win this match? They're showing clips of the Mind Games match, one of the greatest matches of all time. And Shawn Michaels comes out for an interview and says that tonight he's going to have an insurance policy to make sure nothing fishy happens in this match. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So match is going on. And all of a sudden, uh, Triple H and China come down. And now, granted, they come down because Triple H is currently feuding with Mankind. So that kind of sort of makes sense. Um, China gets up on the ring apron to distract the referee for... The real insurance policy, Rick Rude, to come down and blast uh, Mankind with a chair, allowing Shawn Michaels to get the win. And there, at the end of Raw, standing in the middle of the ring is Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, and Rick Rude. Formation of the greatest, like, short-run stable ever. Uh-huh. You know? like uh, the original I wouldn't say DX. greatest, but, like, this is the beginning of DX. Like, literally right here, you know? Uh- well, I'm saying, like, if you look back at how long of a run that original DX had, it wasn't that long, you know? So I'm saying, like, for, you could say, oh, DX went on forever, because, you know, you had, like, the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac and all that shit. But I'm just saying the original group of DX had such a small run, but it was awesome. You're talking maybe le- a hair under eight months? Exactly. Yeah. Good but stuff. That's not all that happens on this episode of Raw, Adam. Okay. So uh, during a match between Chains of the DOA and Farouk, the referee gets bumped. And somebody comes out to help Chains, says he's going to, you know, whatever, revive the ref. And as soon as Chains turns his back, uh, this this wrestler comes out, grabs Chains, and gives him the yet unnamed rock bottom. And after the match, uh, The Rock, then Rocky Maivia stands next to Farouk and does the Nation of Domination salute. So The Rock turns heel on this episode of Raw, the same episode of Raw that's the debut of DX. Not nearly as cool, but I guess it's somewhat historically important. (laughs) (laughs) Again, at the time, time it was nothing, you know? Time will tell where uh, this Rock guy, where he ends up. That's right. It's 25 years, there's still, you know... (laughs) <laughs> There's still something to be figured out with that, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of, so you talk about um, time frames and, you know, DX is only, this iteration of DX is only around for eight months. And, you know, 
we don't talk about the PG rated error when they came back and uh, Dylan Hornswoggle Pasta was their mascot <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. So three years ago today, Adam, was uh, SummerSlam taking place from Toronto. Okay. Yep. Uh, this was the match. Uh, this is Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler, if you remember that match. I try not to. Okay. <laughs> uh, this was also a match with Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, where if Kevin Owens lost, he would have to quit the World Wrestling Entertainment, and Elias was the special enforcer for this match. Okay. Maybe this is like the long-term storyline of whatever's been going on with Zeke, right? <laughs> yeah, this is it's you gotta let it play out. But I would say most importantly, Adam, three mm-hmm. years ago today, mm-hmm. Finn Balor yep. took on the debuting first time we ever get to see the full gimmick of the fiend. Yeah, I, I saw this on Twitter today and I was hoping that you would cover it. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about if you like rewind like to us like three years ago. Right. Uh, like you and I were just. I, I don't know you. I, I don't know if you will admit to this, but we were huge marks for that presentation. Not necessarily the in-ring stuff, but the Firefly Funhouse, uh, like the the Fiend itself, the entrance, like all the hoopla. And we had talked about you, you got to protect this. You got to save it right. as like an Undertaker thing. You know, like WrestleMania once a year, twice a year. Uh, but we were huge on that. And I remember. Like earlier today, I was watching the video on Twitter, and I was like, "Man, I used—I thought this was the coolest fucking song and entrance ever." Uh, so first of all, I don't think any of those episodes exist uh, <laughs> any longer. They've been scrubbed from the internet. Yeah. Uh, secondly, yes, if you remember, so that's another thing. So the Firefly Funhouse skits debuted the night after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and he's the care like we don't even see. Bray Wyatt as like the kitty show host for like three or four weeks. It's just the puppets at first. And then there's like the tease of what the fiend character is going to be. And then almost four months later until this comes up. Right. So I do remember we were like, Oh my God, I can't believe they showed this sort of restraint and everything else that you mentioned about how they need to keep this special. And I'm going to have to make a more concerted effort since it seems like the show is lining up. With the night, the 2019 pay per views, mm. where it all falls apart is the Hell in the Cell match, because it because the Hell in the Cell comes up. If you remember, like the schedule was always different. Hell in the Cell takes place a little bit later on. I think it's like the October pay per view, right? Mm. And I don't know if you remember from that time because I do. They they made a mistake where the venue where they were holding the event accidentally sent out an image that it was going to be Seth Rollins versus the Fiend. In Hell in the Cell. And nothing on TV was building toward that. It was just, they accidentally sent it out. So WWE's like, shit, I guess we have to do it. (laughs) And then they did it, and it sucked. Yeah, because they were in a no-win situation where it was like, okay, you can't have The Fiend lose, which they ended up doing. But, like, if you're pre-booking this, so you're like, you can't have The Fiend lose because he's an unstoppable killing machine that we need to protect. But on the other side, you can't have an unstoppable killing machine be the champion, you know, because he'll never lose. But somehow, like, they managed to screw it up even more by just having him just get beat up by Seth Rollins and have a bunch of tools dropped on him for the win. Oh, no, that was that was like the ref stopped a hell in the cell because Seth is too violent. Yes. (laughs) And that was like the viral videos of people like walking out and booing and everything like that. And we are, you know... 
so that's like October, and then two months later. So in so that's the thing is in between this SummerSlam pay per view and that Hell in the Cell, and I think it'll come up unless it happened on a Saturday. I'll have to go check. I don't like to do too far in advance for this day in wrestling history, mm-hmm. but in between this SummerSlam and that Hell in the Cell, three years ago was All In. Okay. So then, like, we get All In after SummerSlam. And it gives a tease to people of like what a competition product can be. And then World Wrestling Entertainment follows up like everyone's euphoria and high and whatever they have from all in with this that happens at Hell in the Cell, which kills off the Fiend character. Now, the Fiend character ends up having some legs for a little bit longer. But like how quickly did they like they they, they showed uh, restraint for the first four months. And then almost like two months after it debuts, they pretty much kill the character off. Like any sort of the mystique or whatever it is that the character has. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe in a week or two or a month, we might be talking about uh, his his next run. Right. You know, we'll see. Uh, Right. (laughs) I know you're excited for that. (laughs) Yes. And I also want to mention, very rarely do I do this, but when a bunch of them all stack up, I always like to mention them. Uh, So today, wrestling personalities celebrating birthdays. Kaylee Ray. Okay. I forget what her new World Wrestling Entertainment name is. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Isn't it like like Lady Flame or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The Headhunters, uh, who we've talked about before in the show, former GCW and AIW alum in recent years. I think one of the two, bro- they're twin brothers. I think one of the brothers lost a foot. Uh, due to diabetes recently, and the other one's still angling for a singles run in AIW. Uh, Hulk Hogan's birthday is today. No, all right. Bill Alfonso's birthday is today. Hey, happy birthday, Fonzie. Right. And listener of the show, friend of the show, sometimes call the show, uh, Tom Green, not that Tom Green, is also celebrating his birthday today. Hey, happy birthday, Fonzie. Yeah. I, oh. kid, I kid, I kid. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tom. Keep your kid in line. Only time I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I don't know. Don't don't head out to Indiana. I think he's going to come hunting for you. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So that's uh, the past. Let's get into the more recent past. Uh, Hey, Adam, what did you like? What did you want to talk about from the last week in professional wrestling? All right, uh, you know, I could just spend an entire segment breaking down the fact that uh, Tay Conti is now Tay Mello Guevara and how it should just be Tay Guevara because you're a heel and you should take the name of your heel husband. But I'm not going to do that. I will talk about Monday Night Raw, which is a shocker. Um, I will leave the parts uh, of Dexter Loomis and the breakdown. I'm sure you have a lot of opinions on him. I'll leave that to you. But I'll just say that, Joe, the most important thing in recent WWE history happened on Monday Night Raw, and I don't think anybody noticed it. (laughs) Okay, I have no idea where you're going with this. All right, so, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but I am a fan of a certain women's wrestler named Alexa Bliss, and she had two segments on Monday Night Raw. One of them was like a, a backstage vignette or something like that, or came out to the ring during a promo. I don't remember. It's not important. And then the other one was a match. Do you know what's significant about those two appearances, Joe? Uh, she didn't have the doll with her? She didn't have the stupid doll with her, Joe. Sp- 
Speaking of Fiend, right? The doll, as far as I'm concerned, unless this was a one-time mistake, like it was lost in luggage, the doll's gone, which is all I was asking for for the last couple months is for the stupid doll to be gone. And I did go on, you know, I was trying to do a journalism. I went on WWE's website, went to the Superstars page, and I wanted to see if they de-fiendified her on WWE.com. And they did change the picture to not feature the doll because the the picture used to have her holding Lily. uh, And now it is just a picture of her. And I was very excited. I did scroll down and it made mention of the fact that she has a friend named Lily, but the doll's not pictured on there anymore. And I think we are one step closer to that stink being off of the character. So I'm very happy about that. I know that everybody that's listening is nodding along to their podcatcher as I say this, but, uh, very happy about that development. And also Dexter Luma showed up at the end. Whatever. <laughs> well, I will say this. Bailey did mention the doll. Like when uh, Alexa Bliss and Oscar were cutting their promo backstage, uh, Bailey and her crew came by and they made fun of Alexa for not having the doll. Yeah. So I don't think the doll is gone per it se, but just as we talked about how you need to make this fiend special. Mm. Uh, I'm with you. I hope this is the end of the doll. The doll's gone forever, but this could be them attempting to make like the doll something special that Alexa Bliss only goes to when she's like having a dark <laughs> moment or something. <laughs> it's like the the demon Finn Balor, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> and I know there was the rumor and innuendo that they were going to make Lily like a wrestler or an on screen character or some nonsense like that. I think even as much as, like, Chelsea Green even pitched that she would be, like, the human-sized Lily, which is, like, whatever, right? Poor Chelsea. Poor Chelsea. God, he beat me to it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I say the less of Lily, the better. Clean slate lets everyone move forward, right? Exactly. Uh, But obviously, you know, you mentioned uh, Dexter Loomis coming back. I erroneously said it was going to be John Gargano coming back this week. Uh, I thought it was going to be SummerSlam last week. I thought it was going to be SmackDown. I thought it was going to be Raw. Um, And I'm done predicting Johnny Gargano coming back. Uh, Whatever. I'm not even that big of a fan of him to begin with. You know, he blocked me (laughs) on Twitter. He can go screw. Um, But we could roll like Dexter Loomis and uh, Killer Cross coming back. (laughs) Into Um, one. (laughs) I guess we could roll them into one. So it's like all of the weird Triple H pet projects that got released when Triple H was out of power for a little while. It looks like he's slowly bringing them back. Um, If you look at some of the online rumors, and again, we don't typically deal in rumor and innuendo, but we'll talk about it here. Um, That uh, Dollar King, what the hell was his name from? uh, Top Dollar. Top Dollar. (laughs) And Ashanti the Adonis. Cousin to Hootie. Cousin Tahuti uh, <laughs> could be coming back to the World Wrestling Entertainment, which that, is hilarious <laughs> to me that like they were like Swerve's like lackeys, yeah, <laughs> and like Swerve is gone, so it's like oh we'll just get the lackeys and hope for the best, I guess, and like I don't know, yeah, that uh, that's like having Tony Pepperoni's like uh, sidekicks, but not him, you know, right. calling up to the main roster, <laughs> uh, and at least like. Tony Pepperoni, like one of his goons that got let go, is in like the bottom barrel. Like they're the they're the faction in AEW that's like the step below the factory. <laughs> no, that he's isn't he in the factory now, and they're doing oh, like 
Yeah, and uh, that's right. They... He is in the factor. I was thinking of um, uh, Harlan, who's in the Trustbusters. Yeah, because QT Marshall is doing like a fake mob accent now. Like they're all pretending to be mobsters. Yeah, and they <laughs> made uh, what's his name? Name like Nick Camarado. Like he's not Mister Freak Beast anymore. He's wearing like a velour jumpsuit and a fedora and sucking a lollipop. <laughs> yeah, it's all real weird. It's like uh, it's got like six gimmicks going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like it though. <laughs> I uh, you no no no. I don't know if I like it, but. Um, so it's just so funny of like Triple H, like must have just got the like, cause that, and everyone's like, oh, he's been gone for a year. They said on TV, like, oh, Killer Cross has been gone for a year. Or, like they didn't really mention the Dexter Loomis thing, but like these guys were let go in like November. So it was like, what, they've been gone for like nine months, 10 months, maybe. Right. Yeah, some, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and again, whatever. Uh, I liked Loomis as a character. He didn't knock me out, knock me out of the, uh, knock my socks off in ring. Uh, I think Killer Cross got completely exposed um, as being all hype, uh, all sizzle, no in ring. Um, and I guess they were already like, you know, I guess like Drew McIntyre was making fun of him on social media after he came out and did the attack at the end of SmackDown and they're positioning already as the number two heel on SmackDown. And if you saw the beatdown and like he delivered maybe some of the worst punches I've ever seen him, like the worst <laughs> punches I've ever seen in my entire life. It looked like he was trying to wipe something off Drew's head. <laughs> it was the lamest shit I've ever seen in my life. And they're just like back to him being like the NXT character. They're ignoring like, the the Roman gladiator helmet and all the other crap that he did when he was brought up to the main roster and raw. Um, but Loomis was the one that was like going November. Um, I think Dexter um, carrying cross was around a little bit later. All of that being said, I just think it's funny that triple H is just going through the list of the people that Vince let go all yeah. of his pet projects and be like, who didn't AEW pick up yet? I was yeah. like, well, Keith Lee's gone, so I can't get him. Samoa uh, Joe would have been somebody he would have called in an right. instant, you know? Samoa and Joe, right, right. Um, and if I had my druthers, I would have got, like, the full list of all those releases together and kind of gone through and, like, try to speculate who the next one Triple H is going to try to bring back. Mm, maybe for next week. I like that. All uh, right. I, I, it, I don't know uh, Triple H's opinion on Bray Wyatt, you know, but like if he liked any of that Bray Wyatt stuff, I can see him trying to, uh, back up the Brinks truck and bring him back. But, uh, assuming he wants to wrestle, I don't know his deal, but, uh, going back to the Dexter Loomis thing, I have no problem with Dexter. Um, the killer cross stuff, Hey, it brings Scarlet on TV. So that's a win. But when it comes to Dexter Loomis, I wish they had done something, uh, with like Indy Hartwell, because you know how like her gimmick was that just Dexter Loomis just disappeared. You know, like he was never to be seen again. He stood her up or whatever. Um, have a deal where like Indy is starting to fall for another guy, uh, like even on the main roster. And that's what causes Dexter to come back. Uh, it just kind of seems weird if they keep one on the main roster and keep Indy on NXT, you know, just continuity, Triple H. Come on, man. Right. And I didn't watch NXT this week. There was no mention of Dexter Loomis on NXT. There was no Indy segment with it. Mm hmm. Not that I know of. Okay. I mean, I, I fast forward through most of it. I, gotcha. I stopped. I stopped for the boxing match that had pinfalls and submissions, Joe. Oh, cool. <laughs> but uh, and one other thing coming out of Raw that you know we just 
needs a passing mention is the fact that there was like a car crash behind the like uh, interview that was going on. And yeah. then like, later on in the show, like there was cops back there and then they just took off running after somebody. But uh, I'll use the easy joke and say Jeff Hardy's not in the WWE anymore. But oh, <laughs> come on now. But that's just I, I guess a kind of sports entertainment e. But uh, at least it got people talking because they didn't really until the cops ran by. They didn't really hit us over the head with it, you know. Right. So I like I are you? I'm assuming whatever was going on with the car crash thing back there was Dexter Loomis. You think so? I oh yeah, because so. the, yeah, because then the cops went running, and then later on Dexter was. But I, I don't know why you have to wreck a car for that. You know? Well, okay, so one would assume, and again, he may have been involved, and I'm I'm adding a lot more information onto this than what we were given. He may have been like, uh, he may have busted out of somewhere, and that's why they're going to explain where he's been. Like he got locked up or something, or got committed. Like he was in a loony bin or something. Yeah, and or... the loony bin transportation just happened to be going to the arena, and that's no, when he was no. like. I... <laughs> No, no, no. So, or like something, right? That's what that's to explain his absence. And then he broke out and he stole a car and he was in a hot speed pursuit. Now, why was he specifically going to this Raw in Cleveland? Whatever, right? Yeah. There's a lot of whatevers. Um, so that's why he crashes the car because he's just like carelessly driving, or maybe he's a poor driver. He stole <laughs> a car, he needed a getaway car, high speed pursuit, and he gets away. Um, <laughs> But who knows? Like, they it didn't explicitly say that that was Dexter Loomis. And I think I'm okay with them not explicitly saying that because we could just assume that it is. And yeah. then maybe it's not. And they could just pick it up as someone else at, later down the road. Yeah. yeah. That's some interesting Dexter Loomis lore you got going on there. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm <laughs> Listen, I'm more Dexter Loomis lore than Fiend lore. Uh, but you make a good point. I would say if anyone's going to be coming back. Um, I would say The Fiend would be the biggest get that Triple H could get to come back. I'm done with The Fiend. I got no, I, I want no part of The Fiend. Uh, but I think there is a market for The Fiend. And you yeah. can even have something where Lily's gone. And then that's like the storyline of how The Fiend comes back. Yeah, just have it. Just the stupid doll can turn into a puppet and be in the Firefly Funhouse. And that's it, you know? Or so something. they can keep selling the merch. Yeah. But, but like as far as Fiend coming back, and again, I I don't care either way. Um, but like when he was right before he was re released, he was one of like the top merch guys from my understanding. And there was a time when Fox was like, we want the Fiend or Brock Lesnar or something like that. You know, he was one of the guys that the networks were fighting over during the brand split. So the 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 people who you know buy merch and go to the WWE shows, they want the Fiend there. You know, at one hundred percent. All right, my turn or your turn? Uh, I think it's your turn. Won. All right, I will just say, uh, hands, you know, I, or what am I going to say here? Uh, applause is what I'm trying to spit out. Applause to Mr. Chris Jericho, a.k.a. the Lionheart, for his presentation and his match with, with Mr. John Moxley on AEW Dynamite the other day. Um, obviously, there's a lot of speculation as to, you know, Jericho doing his like many faces of Jericho, you know, he's the pain maker, he's the champion, he's the wizard, and he had said that he was going to be Lionheart for this, and uh, you know, a lot of people had wishes, like we, oh, I want to see the the ECW Jericho, I want to see the Mexico uh, Luchador uh, Jericho, and we got, you know, pretty darn close to all of that. We got the Lionheart with the vest, 
with the the old school trunks with the Rob Zombie or White Zombie electric head entrance. And then the match was just an awesome bloodbath. I thought that they both did very well for themselves. And uh, like the match on its own would have been enjoyable enough. Uh, but then afterwards, we get the return, like the surprise return of your buddy, Phil. Uh, so I thought that from uh, as far as main events go, it was a really entertaining main event. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, you know, obviously the uh, speculation of what they were going to do for the main event of All Out, and they definitely set it up here with uh, Moxley versus Punk to unify the titles and stuff. And apparently Punk was working everyone with the shape that his foot was in. Um, I call it lying, but okay, you want to call it working, that's that's cool too. Um, so I like the main event, I like the post-match angle, but what I'd like to talk about is uh, the, the amount of blood that we got on this episode of Dynamite. <laughs> we had no less than three five-alarm blade jobs for absolutely no reason. Uh, Brody King, within like the first 20, like the first two minutes of dynamite being on the air. He's just giving himself like a ear to ear zipper job of a blade job. <laughs> so much so that he was like scooping blood out of his eyes when he was on offense. Uh, if Mo if there's a TV camera around Moxley's blading and he just needed to think, where could I bleed that I haven't bled from before? I know I'll cut my own earlobe, uh, <laughs> which is ingenious, right? Uh -huh. And then with 90 seconds left in the match, Jericho decides to tap a vein, you know? <laughs> Um, there's just something about blood and professional wrestling that just gets me going, man, you know? And mm. everybody talks about, oh, PG era versus, like, Attitude era. T WWE's going back to TV 14 because Kevin Dunn doesn't want to beep out swears. I'm WWE. I say bring back blood. You want to stick it up AEW's ass? Give me a five-alarm blade job on Raw this, this upcoming week. I don't care who it is. <laughs> Give me somebody, bl a bloody mess on Raw. Yeah. Um, so obviously the I've seen the tweets and it's, hey, Brody King loves the business, right? Yeah. And jo John Moxley loves the business. We know that. Does Chris Jericho love the business, Joe? Are you going to say it? Uh, yeah, Chris Jericho loves the business. It's just, you know, he's a poor lover. <laughs> um, You know, he didn't fuck anything up royally in this match, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I assumed he was going to go for, like, the lion salt or whatever and, like, fall or something. Or, um, and, I, like, I, you know what? I'll give this. He, Moxley gets to be the first one to kick out of the Judas effect. That's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, obviously, you talk about bunnies. And the bunny, Jericho's bunny has long since been eaten, right? It's gone. And nobody's giving him a new bunny. It's not happening. He doesn't deserve a new bunny, at least until he unblocks me on Twitter. But... I was looking underneath my refrigerator and I found like a crumb of the ear that fell off and was like kicked under the refrigerator. I'm not going to eat it and it's not presentable, but there is a piece of his bunny left and I haven't thrown it out yet. And that's where we're at right now. Uh, <laughs> so here's, here's where I am with Jericho. Um, has Jericho uh, eaten his bunny entirely? Yes. Yes. Um, did Adam find a crumb that's unpresentable, um, inedible, but still part of the Bundy underneath his refrigerator? Sure. <laughs> Is that enough to give you a, a lifetime pass as long no. as nobody eats that? No. No, it's just 
what that gives you is is anytime you get a chance to do something cool, I give I give the next stupid thing that you do a pass. And then <laughs> yeah, you're like, back to even, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like right now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh shit, I found a piece of his bunny. But the next time he does something bad, it's just getting thrown in the garbage where it belongs. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was a fan of Jericho from like the first time that I saw him in like the Super J Cup in like 95, you know, the ECW run, the WCW run, the WWF run, you know, so much of it. And like Jericho was like one of my like top five favorite guys for like the better part of my teens and like early to mid 20s. And then, like, he kind of goes away and he starts to become, like, this corny complainer. And, you know, anyone who's, like, over the age of 50 in the world of professional wrestling, let's not talk about their politics. But we have to talk about their politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of gives him, like, that permanent red check mark looming over his head. But then, like, you know, when Brody passed away and when Brody was sick and how much Jericho did for Amanda and the family, like, that gave him, like a good pass and almost got him his full bunny back you know yeah and then like all of his trump donations came out and i'm just (laughs) like oh god damn it you know it's the duet it's the duality of man um now is a perfect time for jericho to go away maybe take like three months off and then come back kind of refreshed and we can kind of give him like a clean slate he doesn't get the bunny back but I'll give him a clean slate. Take some time off. Enjoy, enjoy the fall. Yeah, I, my concern, and I, I, I hope this is not a valid concern, but somehow he weasels his way into a three-way with Mox and Punk at All Out. I don't think they would be stupid enough to do that, but I put nothing by nobody. Yeah, that that again, that's it doesn't make any sense because Punk and Moxley is the match that people want to see, but uh, Jericho's Jericho, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's all my talking points, Joe. All right, I got one last one. I just want to touch on it. Um, last week, um, well, actually last week, early this week, it came out that the uh, third quarter, second re- quarter reporting of the World Wrestling Entertainment had to get delayed again because they found another uh, $5 million that Vince had spent that should have been recorded as company expenses that was not recorded puts our total at almost $20 million of unrecorded expenses. Now, everyone else is like, is this another woman? What is this? I have a feeling that this is a multitude of, and we mentioned before about Jericho, Trump donations. I feel this is just Vince Trump donations. Mm -hmm. Um, This came out the same day that Johnny Ace was uh, officially relieved of his post, which we all knew was going to be happening sooner than later. Um, However, is this going to be the end of stuff coming out about Vince? Um, I doubt it. I think we're going to get more. This did give them another two weeks to restructure everything for the second quarter reports. Um, will Now, do I think that they're purposely maybe holding stuff off so they can kind of keep pushing off when they have to do the second quarter reports thing? Let's see how close it is in the next two weeks that another thing comes out to give them another two weeks. And then I'll say the conspiracy is real. But mm-hmm. – um. And again, I think it's at this point we're almost uh, at the line of like, yeah, Vince is a scumbag and he was using company money for scummy things. Okay, what else? You know, (laughs) moving on, like you need to give us something more substantial than the same thing that he's been just doing over and over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. But with that being said, it, it has been a bad week for old, rich, white sex offenders. And I love to see it, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, it's always a good time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so listen, we're going to move things around just a smidge, okay? I'm going to put the uh, phone calls here, if that's okay with you, before we get into homework. Sure, go nuts. All right. First call. Joe and Adam, it is Kevin Ford, and I am coming to you from a squatty potty in honor of Tom Green, the birthday boy and fellow listener, friend of ours. Hmm. Uh, I'm calling with a question, kind of a, a, a double-pronged question. Uh, so Monday is the series finale of Better Call Saul a show that I adore and I review over on the Real World Podcasting Network if people want to listen to that. And uh, in the show, Saul, when he's in witness protection years later, works as a manager of a Cinnabon, which made me, <laughs> of course, think of you two, since your co-host for your respective podcast also works for a Cinnabon. Uh, but I love Cinnabon, but it's only something I indulge in once a year for Christmas. On Christmas Eve, I go to Cinnabon, get, get some for my family, and that's what we do Christmas Day. But... Because Cinnabon has a special deal, and it's for the finale of the show, I'm making an exception. So that made me think of a two-part question for the both of you. The first is, is there an indulgence you have once a year, maybe twice a year, maybe a, a special cocktail or beverage or a meal or something of the sort that it's only once a year that you tend to engage in? And question number two, is there a movie or TV or even maybe a wrestling tie-in of a meal or something you have had? perhaps or a pay-per-view party or uh, something along the lines of uh, what uh, Joe and Todd did when they went to Denny's and got the thing sauce many, many years ago. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing about your answers. Thanks for taking my call. And, uh, yeah, don't fuck up. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for the call, sir. My favorite independent wrestling commentator. Wait um, a minute. <laughs> but I will say uh, the first thing that pops to my mind is I, I don't – buy these often and i think maybe once a year but once a year i remember that crispy cream is a thing and like it's usually because like somebody i know would have bought like one of those coupons from like boy scouts or something like that or a school fundraiser and been like here do you want this free dozen of uh crispy cream and i'll be like do i and then i'll go buy like the dozen and then i'll eat it in like a day <laughs> and then i'll be like never again and then a year later the cycle repeats <laughs> So I so the thing that I go I'll go out of my way for um and it's only because it's only available for a certain amount of time like a limited time uh and that would be the gobbler from Wawa. Now I hate Wawa. Wawa sucks. Sheets is the best. That's my team. But that one month out of the year uh when Wawa has the gobbler, which is essentially just like a turkey dinner on a sub. Mhm. Mm uh, and they only sell it in the month of November, I make a point to go and get one every year. Now, granted, the last two years, it's been a little bit more difficult, you know, because of the pandemic. But as long as the wa uh, the the, go the gobbler has existed, I got one. And now they're opening up a Wawa in our neck of the woods, a little bit closer to us. Oh, well, I don't like so that. So <laughs> it may not be as special as it used to be. But I'm trying to think, like, there's no one thing that it's like, oh, this is my special occasion meal um or treat or whatever it is for myself like i thought to myself like it used to be fish because my wife hates fish um mm. but i had fish left over in the freezer and she made me fish today so i'm like oh it's not a treat anymore i just had fish today you know <laughs> um yeah. there used to be um like uh, like it's usually like a shitty fast food but i eat more fast food these days like there was a time where um, like I would get Chinese food as a treat and I get Chinese food like once a month now, 
uh, go to the hibachi place, like my being that that's my kid's like favorite restaurant behind sheets. That comes up a little bit more frequently than that used to be like the special like one time a year treat. But uh, I think the gobbler would be the closest for me. Yeah. Also, that sounds disgusting. (laughs) Oh, it's delicious. You don't know what you're missing. (sighs) Yeah. But I I don't think I I can't think of anything that's like, oh, this food is synonymous with like wrestling or watching wrestling with people or anything like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. No, but I think so. I think what Kevin was asking was like, is there like a comfort like food movie or TV show or wrestling thing that like you just kind of like sit back and watch and be like, ah, you know, like that feels good. Um, I don't have anything like that, but there are certain like podcasts that I listen to because I archive every podcast. I'm not like a streaming person. I'm a download and keep stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's stuff that I have, uh, there's certain like episodes of like Dana Gould podcast that I'll listen to. Uh, there's certain like the between the sheets, uh, if I just want to kind of like chill out and relax. Uh, and again, it's so like funny, but like, I'll put like the downfall of the world class between the sheets episodes on and just kind of like let like that failure wash over me. <laughs> and I feel good about myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, I really like the two episodes of the Brucey podcast. Remember the Bruce Pritchard podcast? Remember that was a thing? Uh, just from you talking about it, yeah. Right. Uh, about his time in TNA. I really like those because that was before Bruce got rehired by World Wrestling Entertainment. And that was before he got rehired by TNA. And he just went on there to shit over all. He just wouldn't shit over everyone. And it was like the most real Bruce that we ever got, you know? And mm. it was the best. <laughs> all right. But uh, I will just say I've never seen Better Call Saul and I've never seen uh, what's the show it was spin off of uh, Breaking Bad. Never seen that either. Uh, we tr- I tried watching Breaking Bad like right as like maybe the last season was like airing. And I'm like, oh, it's all on Netflix. Let's watch it. Right. Yeah. And we got up to the second episode and spoilers for like a 10 plus year old show. Uh-huh. Uh, they do a gimmick where they have to like dissolve a body. OK. Yeah. And. uh and I said, I, again, I don't, uh, Walter White, what the hell is the actor's name, the lead guy? Uh, uh, I don't Cranston, know. <laughs> uh, Brian Cranston, Brian, right? A, yeah. He tells Jesse, he's like, okay, if you're going to do it, like, here's all the chemicals, but you, like, we have these tubs, like those, like, you know, Rubbermaid containers, you have to do it in this, okay? Jesse doesn't listen and does it in the tub tub in the house that they're at and it just dissolves right through the tub and the floor and the like decaying messed up body just goes everywhere. Right. Sure. So we're watching that. And my wife's like, I don't know what the hell this show is. I'm like, and I'm dying. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like wild. Right. And she goes, I thought this show was supposed to be funny. I'm like, that's hilarious. She goes, I don't want to watch this. So that was the end (laughs) of me watching breaking bad. It got it got a parental block and you weren't allowed around it. <laughs> it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, I could sit and watch it by myself, but like there's so much other stuff. It was something I'm like, oh, we could watch it together. And she was just like, nope, we're done. Yeah. All right. All right. Next call. Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. Is I the strongest man in all the land? Adam McArthur at your service. Uh, we have what's uh, it's a little house show loop, I like to call it, uh, this Saturday. Uh, is North Kent Street Festival. If you're a local and you're listening to this, you should go. Fun, be free, and uh, plenty of funnel cake and good fair food around. And with that in mind, uh, obviously, like I said, it's kind of like a house show vibe. I don't want to consider it a house show vibe, but that's kind of what it is. Um, 
and obviously house shows, we've all been to them. You know, they, they, they're fun. Um, let's, well, I, I'm sure you guys have been to a couple of house shows that, you know, obviously weren't on TV and whatnot. Tell me some of your favorite memories. I can tell you one. I was a young child, uh, you know, watching Stone Cold and The Rock go at it at a house show in Cleveland back in 2001. And, you know, looking back, that's just insane to think about. The, the fact that I got to witness one of the greatest rivalries of all time. I don't even remember who won that match. The whole thing is a blur. All I know is this was during the invasion angle, and, you know, things were kind of weird. I think Horace Hogan was on the card, if that puts in any perspective of the talent that night. Anyway, let's hear some of your favorite memories. I'm out. <laughs> Take care. All right, well, thank you for the call, Artie, and good luck at Jaylet. Artie is facing Chuck Stone. The uh, the Mega Powers explode here. Bulking season forever, no more. I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, um, I will say, and I think I told this story before, but at the CYC, I saw Ric Flair defending the world title, the WWE world title, uh, against Macho Man Randy Savage. And Macho won with a dusty finish and right. like was celebrating with the belt. And I thought I just saw the WWF like championship change hands in front of like, you know, 4,000 people or 3,000 people at the CYC. And uh, I didn't understand that they reversed it. And I just went home thinking I saw the world title change. And like the next week on like superstars or whatever, when Ric Flair was still champion, I was I was mad. <laughs> I was at that house show as well. Yeah. That would have been 92. Uh, that would have been in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And they did that. Uh, so we, CYC, used to be like a C-minus C town, right? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they decided instead of running multiple crews that, like whatever that was, like from April to August, instead of running multiple crews like the A show, the B show, the C show, they're just like, we're just going to do all of the towns that we do and everyone's just going to get the same show. Macho Man versus uh, Ric Flair on top for the title, Brett versus Sean for the Intercontinental title, uh, Beverly Brothers versus Legion of Doom, Natural Disasters versus Money Incorporated, like boom, 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 right down, right down the line, okay? Yeah. And the problem is, because they decided to do the same show in all the towns, it was the same show in all the towns with all the same finishes in every town. Now, granted, I wasn't like a smart fan or anything like that, but mm -hmm. I would be getting the uh, like I would still be getting like the after mags and they would have like the arena report in the back. OK, yeah. and you would have the WF house show results and it would literally be every town, the same exact set of matches, the exact same set of finishes every town. So, like, when you, by the time that, like, we got those matches, I had already read the results in the PWI because sure. they weren't changing things up, right? Yeah. Um, I have, because I was going to the CYC all the time from, like, 85 until, like, 97. It wasn't, like, a continuous thing, but, like, I have so many house show memories. Um, if I was to pick just one, uh, it was, it had to be... I'm trying to think when this would have been. This would have been summer of 1987. The opening two matches were a not yet debuted on TV, Sam Houston. Okay. And a not yet debuted on TV, still in WWF called Dingo Warrior. <laughs> and mustache was, and all? 
mustache and all. He had the red and white face paint. He came out to that song, I Am the Warrior, because, like, on the house shows, they just played whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So they come out, and I'm watching. Like, we didn't have Turner TV in 87. We didn't get it until, like, almost, like, 88. Uh, but we had world class on East on ESPN. So I recognized the Dingo Warrior, and he was still on world class TV because the way that they did the TV cycles then. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's coming to the WWF because he's on the WWF house show, but he's still on world class TV, you know? So yeah. like that blew my 10 year old mind. <laughs> um, and I think that might have been the same show where uh, the Islanders beat the shit out of a drunken fan. <laughs> uh, they like it was just like the guy this guy in the aisle was just giving them shit the whole time and as they're coming out after their match he stands up and he gets in their face and it's one of those deals where it's Haku and Tama and again Haku they grab this guy and when they pull him over the rail they pulled him so hard they pulled his shirt off of him as they pulled him over the rail mm-hmm and they just beat the shit out of this guy. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, the cops and the security people had to come and break it all up. Um, <laughs> but that's just – that was, like, one house show in 87 that I went to. And that's a, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, it sounds pretty exciting for three years before wrestling became a thing. But, you know. Well, listen, it's, <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Adam already yes. called back. Oh, all right. Oh, that's allowed? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Howdy, Mac, back in the voice line. I wasn't going to call twice. I, I don't like taking up time, but uh, I think we all saw that announcement for Jalen. And um, there you go. What can I say? Walking season implodes. Um, there's not much else I can really say. I'm sure you guys are going to love to talk about this. Joe, you got your wish. Adam, I'm going to need you to come. We uh, have some business to discuss. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? It's obvious that him and I are in the same mind because I already mentioned that. But, uh, man, I, I want to go to Jalen. I already tried Jay Gold again. And Jay Gold, I'm 0 for 2 on, on having a road trip with him out to Ohio. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll blow a bunch of money and come out to Ohio one more time this summer. That's, that's coming up soon, isn't it? Uh, I, I had it in my phone and then I deleted it when it appeared that nobody wanted to go. Uh, or at least nobody from our neck of the woods. But, yeah. uh it's, uh, I don't know. Well, you talk. I'm going to look this up. Oh, uh, August 19th and 20th. Yeah, that's not, my my wife has a work trip that weekend. Mm. We were just going over, like, what the rest of the summer looks like for us. And, yeah, she's she's gone to the bustling metropolis of Nashua, New Hampshire this weekend. <laughs> Unironically. I didn't even want to tell her everything that happened in Nashua, New Hampshire this past weekend. Uh, but Ed over on Pod Van Dam did a good job of uh, kind of covering where everything was from there. But yes, so I uh, said to John Thorne that I wish it was Artie and Chuck starting off the gauntlet for the gold, you know, uh, if he could fix the numbers somehow. Because I know John uh, adheres to strict Royal Rumble rules and every draw is a shoot, you know. Yeah, they have um, that big barrel in the back that you spin and, and like their names are on like ping pong balls. Exactly. And I had even tweeted out publicly that the opening rounds for uh, the J lit should be anyone that's in there as a tag team against each other, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we're getting at least one and it's the most important one. I love Artie. I got a chance to meet Chuck for the first time. Uh, it seems like an equally nice guy to Artie. Uh, but uh, I'm team Artie on this one. I think Artie's got to Artie's got to take it. 
Yeah, well, thank you for the support. I appreciate that. And uh, why is it that when you book tag team partners against each other or suggest the booking of them being against each other in the first round of a tournament, it's okay. But when I do it in the gender neutral monarch of at odds, I get a boot in the face from the boar. Why does that happen? That's between you and the boar. <laughs> yeah, but you egged them on. You instigated the whole thing. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I think those episodes have been deleted as well. Oh, geez. Somebody's got to archive our old episodes, man. Yeah, someone. Oh, That's not yeah. it. Not- <laughs> but uh, right. good luck, Artie. I, I yes. think we got this. All right, next call. Hey, guys. Kevin here. Um, so I, I keep going back and forth debating something. Uh, on Saturday, there's an independent show that is without a exaggeration about five blocks away from my house and i'm just like i'm not excited for it but it's an indie show and it's that close to my house so uh gangrel will be there um fandango and max caster in addition to uh the expected local talent you know um then it's not expensive and all i'm like i i should go but i'm just not excited then i'm like what if i miss something and all and then i have the the fear of missing out um, I, I should probably go. But my question is, is that I'm debating this, this, you know, going back and forth. Uh, do either of you have a show that you could have gone to easily, easily could have gone to, you skipped it, and you're still mad because something happened at that show? Uh, title mm-hmm. change, a debut, a good angle, uh, you know, something memorable. Um, who was there? Whatever it might be. Just to show that you're still mad to this day that you didn't go to despite it would have been like in the neighborhood quick drive you know whatever an, an easy show for you to have gone to uh so i think that's it for this week thank you guys for show looking forward to next homework assignment too right um honestly like and first things first kevin uh thank you for the call um Fuck, I just completely sidetracked. Oh, yeah, definitely go to that indie show. If it's that close and it's a little indie and you can get a Mark photo with, like, Dirty Dango or Max Caster or even do some fanging and banging with Gangrel, you got to do it. Um, you'll you'll regret not getting to scissor uh, Max Caster, so do that. Um, but I have a feeling you've got an answer lined up, Joe. I cannot think of a wrestling show that, like, I was going to go to and then didn't or could have went to and then missed out on. Uh, obviously, I had tickets to WrestleMania when it was in uh, New Jersey a couple of years ago. And right. I decided not to go, but I didn't regret that at all. So uh, what about you, Joe? So uh, I'm with Adam. If it's literally walking distance from your house and I don't know what Kevin's deal is when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, maybe bring a flask, maybe get a little <laughs> tipsy. Yeah. Have a walk. Have a good time. If there was a wrestling event five blocks from my house, I would 100% be there. You should be there. Go there. Make some friends. Get that scissor photo with Max Caster. Uh, again, fanging and banging. Uh, Dirty Dango. All these guys are cool. Um, go have fun. Yeah. Uh, as for me, something I missed out on, I'm going to start it with this. Here's your chance 
to judge for yourself. So, uh, the 25th anniversary of this show was just this past Tuesday. It happened to fall on Terry Tuesday as well. <laughs> when I started going to the ECW arena shows in October of 1995, I went to every single one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't miss any. I was there every three weeks. Uh, they even pulled a fast one and like threw an extra one in there, like January of 97. And we hit that one. And that was the debut of Rick Rude as the masked man, uh, taunting Shane Douglas. Right. Yeah. So we go to barely legal. We talk to some people, Bob Ryder, rest in peace included. He does the, the, the trips and me and my buddies were going to go to hardcore heaven in Florida. The, the second ECW pay-per-view. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's my first time being on a plane. It's my first time going to Florida and all this other stuff. And it's a big expense for someone who's 20 years old. And I go, you know what, guys? I'm going to have to skip this, the arena show. You know, the, the one that's right before it. I go, the money's a little tight. I'm going to have to skip it. And that was ECW, Born to be Wired, Terry Funk versus Sabu, no rope barbed wire match, where the barbed wire is like so not gimmicked. That it shreds Sabu's pants off of him. <laughs> uh, Sabu gets a cut that is opened up on his arm that they get on camera where Fonzie just pours super glue into it. And he uh, athletic tapes the arm shut. And the end of the match is they get like clippers and cut the barbed wire down. And, like, Sabu tries to wrap it around himself to give some sort of move to Terry Funk. But when he does, they both get entangled in the barbed wire. And they have to cut the two of them out of the barbed wire. One of the craziest matches in ECW history. And my buddies that I went with, again, we all have different paths in life. And, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to 25 years ago. But when that anniversary of that show comes up, every year I get a message from them saying... You're the only one that missed this. <laughs> and I do. It's it's one of those ones like it's the only arena show that I missed on like an almost two year run of going to shows. Yeah. Well, at least according to that ad you played for twenty nine ninety five plus five dollars shipping and handling, you can get the VHS. I could. And I did. I bought the VHS at the, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, next call. Uh, you don't have any. Uh, you mentioned your one, like your WrestleMania or whatever it is that you missed that you had the. Yeah, like I said, for. yeah, nothing that I was like, oh, shit, I wish I was at that show, though, you know. Right. Uh, we got one that came in just under the wire. Hey, Joan Adam, what's happening? It's your boy, the Michael Jordan of Kevin Owens figure collecting. <laughs> uh, Kenny from the Mystery Men. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Joe, it was an absolute pleasure to hear you on uh, commentary for the uh, Bill Alfonso Hardcore Tournament. Lots of fun. And uh, I have a question, but I don't have a question for you guys. I have a question for, as the car goes by my house, a question for Brett and DJ of We Need Wrestling. <laughs> That's right. Uh, fuck stuff with Shingo, man. He murders people and runs through guys and should just be mowing him down on a quest to win the belt. But uh, the booking over there in New Japan's all all kinds of weird. What's 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 your take on it? I mean, I know I'm sure Adam will cover this as being a Japanese expert. We're in the thick of the G1. He's going to talk all about it. But uh, I don't know. Want to see Shingo murder people? Not like literally, you know, in a pro wrestling sense. Anyway, hope you're good. Bye. <laughs> 
Well, I, I obviously I don't want to step on Brett and DJ and give my opinion on it. Obviously, I have some strong takes on it and, you know, how they can they can better do the G1 in the future. But I will defer to Brett and DJ because Kenny did call in for them. Uh, I will just say, Kenny, I did not know that you were the Michael Jordan of Kevin Owens figures. That's awesome. Uh, I've seen a lot of test shots up on eBay. Let me know if you picked any of those up or if you're close to it. Uh, some of them are pretty cool and pretty inexpensive. So uh, I will say since uh, he, uh, Kenny, thank you for calling, by the way. Um, since he's the Michael Jordan of Kevin Owens figure collecting, I wonder, does that count Kevin Steen figures as well? And does Ooh, that figures mean toy had, company? Right. Yeah. That, that means he has the shitty FTC one as well. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no shame in owning an FTC figure. I do own a Kurt Hawkins one. It's autographed, but I own one. That's okay. He's- yeah, you just don't want to have a lot of them. You don't want to be an FTC collector. But like if you if one of your guys has an FTC fig, it's allowed. Like if I happen to stumble on one of those one in one hundred whatnot exclusive Ethan Page FTCs, I, I I'd take it, you know? For sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Kenny. All right. Pink button time. All right. Hey, Joan Adam. It's Ed. Um, I'm not sure how this is sound. It's going to be record to my car. Uh, um, like, uh, you know, but I don't have a car today because I locked myself um, out of my apartment this morning. I had to walk to work. My tummy hurt, but I'm being very great about it. Uh, the first time I've mentioned anybody that my tummy hurt today. Uh, that's how my day is going. Uh, but um, I wanted to say something about wrestle queerdom that I didn't get to say on the show this week. And uh exclusive for you guys. You know who I feel really bad for in all of this? Uh, is uh, Sally's mom. Because <laughs> like I was a giant fuck up when I was twenty two, so like my parents had to fix a bunch of like pop hooks over the doll. So like in hindsight, like I, I feel bad for that woman, but mostly I feel bad for her because like she doesn't know anything wrestling and now like that woman thought she had to pay everybody because she doesn't know wrestling is a real business like, she wasn't aware that you could just not pay these people that's an option uh, she thought like I, these people work I gotta get money she doesn't know wrestlers get fucked over on pay all the time like she didn't have to uh, put a dime out to these people uh, but you know she did she went in there and she like her and the Von Elons and they fixed it I, I guess um, but like, did anybody think, you know, when, like, when Ian Rotten's fist would go on say, or Gabe, like, getting paid experience, did anybody ever try to call their mom to, like, tell on them? <laughs> um, I think that's how I would handle it now. And if I ever get stiffed on pay, if I, I'm on a show, I'm definitely just going to call this a And moms don't know any better, apparently, and they'll pay me. That's the life hack, everybody. <laughs> when Gay comes back to whatever his, you know, what his next project's going to be, <laughs> he doesn't want to pay you. Everybody just called Gabe's mom. Uh, we have his phone number, so we can definitely ask him for his mom's phone number. Whatever you got to do it, just say it. All promoters' moms get money. Bye. <laughs> 
don't know if there was a question in there, but I like that idea. Let's just blame or like call everybody's mom. But uh, I do feel bad that like if if the mom is just a you know normal upstanding person trying to make right for their kids fuck up, you know that's that is kind of a shitty thing. And uh, but uh, yeah, call Gabe's mom. Uh, I, well, again, I, I don't know what Gabe's, uh, familial <laughs> status is, but I like that idea of when you get stiffed by a promoter, like finding out who their family members are and not harassing them, but like telling their mom or their parent <laughs> or like guardian on them. I love that idea. And, and mention, of course, about Sally's mom and, you know, the wrestling, uh, the transgraps, uh, girl, Sally and the wrestle queerdom show and all the other nonsense. Like I said, I mentioned it before. Go listen to pod Van Dam this week. Ed does a great job of, uh, talking about everything that kind of happened with that up to Monday. More stuff has happened with Sally's mom stuff. People speculating that Sally's mom might not even be real. Um, and at this point I'm kind of just done with it all. I'm like, if it is a real person or not and everyone seems to feel that it is mm. i'm glad everyone has a happy ending to their story i hope we can all move on and we can use this as a learning experience and when a 22 year old books multiple international flights to run a show with little to no promotion in nashua new hampshire ask for your pay up front <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I have no skin in the game. I don't care about this story at all. I, I It's just entertainment value, you know? So, like, sure. as, if there's more developments, great. If there's not, I don't care. But it's just, that's one of those things that a lot of people are worked up about it. But I'm just like, whatever. It's it, I forget. I'll forget about it by next week. Yeah. You know? uh, I went and muted everything that's associated with it. Uh, so I'll hopefully never hear or see it again after today. So thank you, Ed, for bringing it up for the last time I ever have to hear about it. Yeah. And uh, step up the call quality next time as far as audible quality, Ed. Come on. I'll give I'll give you a pass because you got locked out of your house. Um, but hopefully everything's OK. Hopefully you got back into your house, you know? Yeah. Just break a window. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, uh, we move things around. Let's get into uh, homework from last week. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. All right, Joe, you assigned me yet another Chikara show. This was Chikara Battle Not With Monsters. And this was uh, airing live in Flair Country, huh? In North Carolina? That's right. From the CWF Mid-Atlantic uh, Complex uh, in a strip mall in Gibsonville, North Carolina. Uh, I did forget to include the link in the show notes last week. That's my bad. Um, but if you didn't get a chance to watch it, you can certainly head over to our friend Kevin, who you just heard call in before, uh, who's going to go to that indie show five blocks from his house. Yeah, uh, his his website, MassLibrary.com, he did a very thorough write-up of the entire show. Um, I kind of played loosey-goosey with it. I gave Adam some, like, uh, fishbone stuff that was, like, mandatory watching. Uh, the rest of this stuff, I'm like, eh, you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. So I, I will tell you that I, I watched the entire show. Uh, oh, look at only, you. 
only because I forgot what you said was skippable. I assumed that the Saturine match was uh, supposed to be skippable because everything of hers has been. Um, but uh, beyond that, I was like, I don't remember. And I wasn't going to go back and listen to the show to find out. So I just basically put it on and watched the whole thing. All right. All right. So right off the rip, we have Tim Donce, Jakob Hammermeyer, uh, Veronica Ticklefeather, and Ed Cody's favorite wrestler, Steve the Turtle Whiner, coming out. And basically, it is Donce is going to be the rock and roll ring announcer for the show because Gavin Loudspeaker is MIA. Uh, there's implications that, you know, he no-showed, that he might have had a, a issue with his transportation, a flat tire, whatever. Uh, commentary does make the mention that it's not like Gavin to miss a show. But Donce does a little bit of a song, you know, healing the crowd, telling them that they're pieces of shit, whatever. Um, so they're going to be the, like, the hosts of the show, the ring announcers, whatever. Your first match is Ophidian Cobalt and Bateria versus Los Ice Creams, Fire Ant, and Assailant. Um, I will say, Joe, I, I could be making too much of this, but I, I've learned to be paranoid of everything I see. In the crowd, there's just two dudes. One's wearing like a gladiator mask and a hoodie, and the other one is bandaged up like Hush from Batman. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, okay, they're they're there. They're they're a little bit too big to be like kids in the crowd. And like they're clapping enthusiastically, like like over the top fans throughout the show. So I was like, okay, this seems like something that I should be paying attention to. Uh, uh, yeah, ahead. you're wrong. It was not. Okay. It was just two oh. fans came dressed up. Uh, the other one was MF Doom, uh, which I did not know at the time because I'm completely out of touch. But Mantis actually uh, recognizes it on commentary because he's much more hip than I am. Okay. All right, whatever. I was just like, I, I have to be vigilant, and I'd rather be see something and be wrong than not see something that I need to say, you know? And speaking of speaking of vigilant and speaking of this, maybe you didn't notice. I'm going to guess that you didn't. Um, I just want to throw this out here before you get into the match. Donst and the crew opening up the show, right? Donst sings his heel on the crowd song. Uh, he mentions that he doesn't like cookout, which gets a huge negative reaction. Do you know cookout? No, I have no clue. Cookout is a very localized southern uh, fast food chain that it's like, you know, your usual, your burgers, your fries, your hot dogs. But they also like have like 40 different versions of milkshakes. And that was like the big destination that everyone was like, oh, we're going to North Carolina. That means we're going to go to cookout as well. And then we go after the show. and It's like this crazy long line, but it was worth it. You know, it's cookout. So obviously it's the local thing. So he has to heal on it. And I, I watching this back, you really couldn't tell. Uh, but Jakob showed up late to the show, and he had a black eye. I don't know if you could tell or not. No, I didn't notice. Um, there was some personal issues that were going on with Jakob that he showed up with a black eye. But the intent was, um, you know, let him go out there with that to make people believe that Donst is the one that gave it to him because of their abusive relationship. And again... 2013 is a different time than 2022 when you look at so many of these angles in, in Chikara that are built off like these weird power dynamics. And then when you know what had been going on and is still going on in Chikara that still exists in secret, um, you know, kind of puts all of that into perspective. Yeah. All right. So first match, as I said, Ophidian Cobalt Batiri versus Osai Screams Fire Ant Assailants. Um, you know, just a big scramble type match. 
you know, four on four cobalt and one of the ice creams do a bit where they're like wearing each other's masks that they, they grab from the gimmick table and are like mocking each other and doing each other's mannerisms. Uh, there was an abdominal stretch bit where there was leverage from the crowd that went like a, across like multiple rows of the one side of the arena and it went on for like 10 minutes and I, I really didn't need all of that. Um, but maybe I'm in the minority, but it just went on too long. Uh, assailant was hypnotized by Ophidian at one point. And uh, then there was like kind of dissension between the ice creams and the colony that leads the Batiri leads to the Batiri getting the win for the heels. So uh, I, the bit that you mentioned where Co, uh, Cobalt and Ice Cream uh, or Alkeo to Ice Cream get like the gimmick, like merch masks of each other. Yeah. And then if you notice, they run a set of spots where uh, Cobalt runs uh, Alkeo to Ice Cream spots. Alkeo to Ice Cream runs Cobalt spots while they're wearing each other's masks. And then when they take the merch masks off, they do the same exact set of spots, but the correct way immediately afterwards. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know their offense well enough to know, like, who's doing whose spots, you know? Right, but it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, it's a duck. It's a duck for a back body drop. Cobalt walks around and does the pinch. They do this, this, this. They do the spear. And then they do, like, this weird flying elbow bit, right? Mm-hmm. So like everyone like and then they just do the same exact set of spots, but like the opposite guy does them after they have the mask off. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um okay. also it's been a long time since we've watched an ice creams match. So of course, you know, it's the typical 18 minute plus opener with Lowe's ice creams because they gotta like stall and get all their bullshit in. Uh and yes, uh, there is no Lowe's ice creams match that does not go too long and overstay its welcome. <laughs> All right, so after the match, Don's is back on the, the mic. He's going to do the raffle. And uh, speaking of things that are super appropriate for 2022, Don's is going to raffle off a kiss from Veronica. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Turtle goes and just chases her around because he's going to just force himself on her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if this happened there, but basically Don's berates Turtle and tells him that, uh, you know, you'll never have a woman. You'll be alone for the rest of your life, you, you know, yada, yada. But uh, the next match is Missile Assault Ants versus Saturine. Very quick match. Um, apparently, Ants cannot resist running through purple capes. Uh, but Saturine gets a relatively quick roll-up. And before this match, I forgot to mention, uh, Don says that this is going to be Saturine's second-to-last match. Because uh, on the next Chikar show, she's going to have like a loser leaves town or a Saturine must retire if she loses match against Donst. Well, no, yes, but no. So, yes, she's having a match with Donst, but Donst is implying that he's going to, like, end her career. Like, there was okay. no specific stipulation that says this is her last match. Um, But, you know. Yeah, it was I vague. Think, I was just kind of Yeah, going. it kind of sort of ends up being, but that's neither here. Or, like, it's <laughs> one of her last matches, but that's neither here nor there. Gotcha. All right, uh, next up, Colony Colony Extreme Force of Arctic Rescue and Orbit Adventure Ants versus 3.0. Deviant is the new leader of the Extreme Colony Force, and Gran Akuma comes out to make it a six-man tag. Uh, Extreme Force stops mid-move to say their names a bunch of times, which is kind of of funny, but uh, eventually Extreme... uh, Extreme... Fuck, Colony Extreme Force, Jesus. Uh, gets all their accessories involved in the finish, uh, use them to lay out Akuma and get the win. Yeah, I skipped this match. 
Yeah. Uh, it was it was fine. I mean, I, I want to watch 3.0 matches, but uh, so far, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Joe, I'm 0 for 3 on this show. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the Shard versus Amasis. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had to watch an Amasis match before. If I did, I don't remember it. Um, this is where basically Leonard F. Chikarsen says, you know what? I'm pretty sure I saw Gavin earlier today at the venue. So any stories of him not making it there uh, have, uh, you know, suspicions for that. Uh, fun, quick, sh- short, back-and-forth match, Amasis wins. Uh, yeah, so Amasis had previously retired, if you remember, way, way, way back, one of the season-ending things. The uh, Osirian portal comes out. Amasis announces that he is going to be retiring. Uh, Ophidian turns on him and gives him the mist and, like, lays him out. And that's, like, the beginning of the Ophidian heel turn. Uh, But nobody ever leaves in wrestling. So Amasis comes back. And, again, whatever your feelings are in regards to Ophidian and Amasis, I have been skipping their matches if I could. Uh, And this match is, you know, I skipped this match. Yeah, and again, I, I just didn't remember what I was allowed to skip, so figured I'd err on the side of caution. Um, I am 0 for 4 so far on this show. Okay. Uh, but uh, next up, we have Don's talking about how he should be the next grand champion because he is the face of Chikara. The face? <laughs> and uh, out comes a taped-up Gavin loudspeaker with his uh, electrical tape around his, or not electrical, like duct tape around his legs and body and face and stuff like that. And apparently he was, you know, captured by Donson and his cronies and like locked in a broom closet. And Gavin gets all tough guy up in Don's face and Don's just shoves him down. And that's pretty much it for that. But uh, Gavin takes over ring announcing and some commentary for the rest of the night. So, obviously, you get the bit where, you know, Donson and his cronies kind of hijacked the first half of the show. Yeah. Uh, so, where do you think this is going, Adam? Or do you know where this is going that you've had this stooged off or spoiled on you? Uh, nothing has been stooged off uh, to me. So, like, I was almost tempted. Like, we'll get into this later on because I was kind of curious. And I'm glad that nobody has told me it. And I hope it stays this way. But if it happens, it happens. I was kind of tempted to look up the like Chikara grand champion lineage. Yes. But I was like, nah, you know what? I, when it happens, it happens, you know, like I'll, I'll, cause I don't know when Eddie Kingston is going to drop the belt and I'd rather be surprised for uh, sure. But I, I have no clue as far as where this is going. I mean, the, the layman would be like, Oh, it's eventually going to lead to a Donst versus Gavin, like haha match. Uh, but I, I honestly have no idea. Okay. Um, Next up, we have a promo from Archibald Peck. Uh, He's got an interesting mustache, a little twirly mustache, potentially. But, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, He's basically getting ready to wrestle Jigsaw. And I will say, going into this match, I wrote down, uh, and and maybe this will change by the end of the match, Joe, but I wrote down that, you know, he's not mixed martial Archie anymore. He's not... uh, being represented, shall we say, by the mysterious and handsome stranger. And he's not in his feud with, uh, you know, Mr. Touchdown and Veronica Ticklefeather. So with all those things being said, I was like, I'm kind of kind of losing interest in Archibald Peck uh, okay. going into this match. But with that being said, we have the match versus Jigsaw. 
Um, you know, Jigsaw is preventing Archie from uh, showing off his new move once again. Jigsaw kills Archie with like an electric chair drop on the edge of the ring apron. Eventually, Archie wins with a roll up and a handful of tights. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm like, oh, maybe there's something to be said about being a being a mustache twirling uh, potential bad guy. So I, who knows? We don't know where this is going to go with Archie. If this is Archie, I don't know. Chikara's weird. Uh, maybe there'll be something happening in the future. But like I said, before this match, I wrote down that I was losing interest. Uh, and uh, my interest has maybe peaked again. So we'll say. Uh, so I will say, uh, if you know, you know, uh, from listening to the things that Adam just said. So. Uh, this match ends up being a gigantic uh, info dump of so much stuff, right? So Archie in his promo says that he has a title shot for the Grand Championship May 18th in Chicago. And he makes a point not to say who it's against. Um, and we on commentary, myself, and uh, what the hell is this Jericho's Appreciation Society name? Uh, Jack- Matt Menard? No, uh <laughs> Cool Hand Ange. <laughs> okay, I've no, I've lost track of those two people's seven names. I'm not right. Doing it. <laughs> so the the you know obviously the play here is, uh, Kingston's defended the title against Green Ant tonight. Um, you know Green Ant has a victory over him. Winner of this is going on to Georgia the next day to defend against Mister Touchdown, and then the winner of that is going on to Chicago to defend against Archie. So it's like it could be one of three people that Archie is going to be wrestling. And obviously, like, the idea, the tease there is, is that it could be, you know, Archie versus Touchdown, who's kind of sort of face, but not really now, uh, you know, against each other for the title. But obviously, you know, you'll know where it ends up going anyway. So that's number one. Uh, Number two on the info dump, uh, I completely forgot. But the thing that happened at the previous Jakar show that we got where Quack gets the envelope. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I forget what that was for. That was Wink Vavasur firing Quack from a wrestler in Chikara. Okay, was that mentioned on something we missed? Or we mentioned just... that on commentary during this match. Okay, I didn't hear it. You know. Okay, and then the other thing that were mentioned on commentary at the very beginning, uh, I, I am like, you know, I always do the introduction. I'm like, I'm Leonard Garrison, I'm being joined by whomever. And I always say, I go, it's always so nice when you show up for commentary. And then... Uh, cool hand Andrew's like, yes, it's good when I remember that I'm supposed to be on commentary because I think I might've mentioned when we watched the last show, the main event, uh, quack and like, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger against Jigsaw and the shard. It was supposed to be me and cool hand Ange on commentary. Uh, cool hand Ange may have been distracted talking to, uh, someone else. Uh, let's just say it's someone retrospect who's retrospectively a uh, bad place Hall of Famer. But listen, you know, we didn't know back then what we know now. Uh, <laughs> and the whole time, like, I'm calling the match like he's kind of sort of in my eye line and I'm trying to flag him down because he's supposed to be on commentary. And uh, he missed out on doing the commentary for that match. So at the meeting for this show, Quack was like, if you have a commentary assignment, please check the sheet. And do not miss the match that you were assigned to. (laughs) So we had a little fun with that. Also, um, I thought this match was really, really good. Um, It was a nice mix of characters that you don't get a chance to see mix up too much in Chikara. Uh, And they did the bit where uh, Jigsaw gives Archie, like, the electric chair drop on the apron. 
and it looked and sounded super sick. And I think everyone should bring it back. Yeah, no, that was, that was pretty good. That was the only move that I wrote down from that match, but there you uh, go. I'm definitely not taking a note of asking you something off air. So, <laughs> all right. But next up we have Mr. Touchdown versus the Chiva kid, Chiva kid, kid, Chiva kid, Chiva kid. All right. Uh, first time seeing Chiva kid, I think for me, uh, he's a local That's- North Carolina guy. Gotcha. Uh, new touch, uh, new theme music for Mr. Touchdown, or at least the first time I'm noticing it, because I was expecting like the ESPN music for the throwbacks. Um, but you know, we have some pretty good dives from the Chiva Kid. Uh, Mr. Touchdown looking pretty good. This was, I probably say, the best match of the night. You know, like obviously Jigsaw versus Archibald Peck was the first match that I enjoyed, uh, but I think this was the the best match as far as just entertaining. Um, but despite a, a little botch from the Chiva kid near the finish, uh, Mr. Touchdown gets the win. You know, it was quick, didn't overstay its welcome, but it had a p- couple good high spots. Uh, Chiva kid, again, I'm not um, being shoot trash here or anything else like that. There was a group of guys who were like wrestling goats, uh, mm-hmm. but they were like also like soccer players out of the North Carolina area. Um, and they would kind of cycle in different people here and there. Uh, one of them is this Chiva kid who ends up being current independent wrestler. And I think he did like a match or two in AEW, Andrew Everett. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed the match. It was short. It was good. It was a showcase for Mr. Touchdown. Nothing wrong there. Uh, End of disc one, Joe. So pop (laughs) out the disc, put in the next one. We have a promo from the Spectral Envoy. Uh, Mantis basically says, we're going to do our talking in the ring. This is Fist, which is uh, Icarus and Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor versus Hollow Wicked, Frightmare, and Ultramantis. It is important to know that uh, before the match or going into the match that Icarus and Sugar Dunkerton are both wearing Fist purple, while Gargano and Chucky T are in black. Um, You know, obviously... Continuing what they did last time I watched the Jakar show, you know, they try to get some uh, foreign objects in there. Icarus tried to use a fire extinguisher, Gargano with a trash can. Um, the Envoy decided or debated whether or not to try to bring in a giant uh, fan from outside the crowd. I'm not talking about like a large person. I'm talking about like an actual fan that moves air. Um, Fist is isolating Mantis for very much of the match. Uh, hot tag to Hollow Wicked. Um, eventually, Hollow Wicked rolls up Johnny Gargano for the pin because Johnny's like distracted yelling at Sugar Dunkerton because Sugar's trying to attend to Icarus. So there's kind of like a little bit of clicks there. We, we mentioned before that Icarus had a soft spot for Dunkerton while Gargano and Taylor were kind of like the hard asses of the group. Um, but anyways... The Spectral Envoy gets the win. After the match, Gargano wants to just basically quit Fist. Icarus is like, no, no, come on, give Sugar a chance. We can make this work. And, you know, Gargano is reluctantly, okay, you know, whatever. We'll we'll try to keep this together. But Johnny Gargano, uh, kind of mirroring what uh, the future NXT personas is, uh, you know, of all the people that are in NXT, he does a super kick, takes out Icarus. I'm sorry, takes out Sugar, and then Icarus spears Johnny Gargano. So uh, who knows where the future of Fist is going to be, because there seem to be breaking at the seams. Yeah, this was an okay match. Uh, you know, love the personalities involved. Uh, the Spectral Envoy promo beforehand was them just doing promos with random belts that were backstage at the venue. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to ask what those belts were because I was like, none of these guys are Chikara champs. Right. Um, <laughs> but obviously this is to further the storyline of the splintering of Fist, yep. the babyface turn of Icarus, and kind of writing Johnny out of storylines because Johnny was becoming a bigger player in Dragon Gate USA Evolve at this time. So that was taking up more and more of his time. So this was just kind of the way to kind of wrap all that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Match for me, you know, obviously like all the people involved or most of the people involved, uh, in the match, I, I'm not going to say everybody that was an in-ring competitor in that match. I enjoyed the work of, but, uh, it was, you know, it was what it was, but next up we have the main event, Eddie Kingston versus green ants. Uh, we have a green ant promo beforehand, uh, basically saying that, you know, this is his second go at Eddie Kingston for the title. Uh, he no longer respects or honors Eddie Kingston anymore. So, uh, you know, that is obviously uh, apparent when the bell rings and because Green Ant is just aggressive right off the rip, just going right after Eddie Kingston. And uh, he's going right after Eddie Kingston's knee. And I said to myself, oh, great. Another one of those Eddie sells his leg for the entire match matches, uh, which it was. But I think it was done a lot better this time than the ones that I had been complaining about previously. Um, Green Ant is like attacking Eddie's knee, doing a frog splash onto the knees. Uh, and even when he's going to like hook the leg of Eddie Kingston, he does it in a way where he's kind of twisting Eddie's knee in the process. So it's kind of like a double thing. I'm trying to pin you, but I'm also tweaking at your knee, which I thought was smart. Um, the level of like viciousness from both of these guys was kind of a, a step up over anything that I had seen in Chikara from them before. Um, Eddie power bombs green ant on the outside, uh, on like the padding and commentary does, does a good job of kind of pointing out that the, the, the ground is concrete and the pads aren't that thick. And, uh, Green Ants almost counted out. You know, he just responds at the 19 and a half count. Um, but then there's two back fists to the future on Green Ants, and Eddie Kingston eventually gets the win. Uh, and I'll just point out again, we're, we're furthering the storyline that Eddie Kingston has to defend the Grand Championship at every single Chikar event going forward. I assume the next Chikar event is the next day. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It uh, is. He, He's beaten, he's battered, he's barely surviving. Uh, Green Ant looked awesome in this. Uh, probably the best singles Green Ant match that I've been I've seen, but uh, uh, a legitimate challenger to Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston prevails once again. Yep, as soon as Eddie starts selling the leg, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hear it from Adam. It'd be a damn shame if Eddie uh, found out how much you hate his matches. <laughs> You're lucky he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I like this match. But again, all the reasons that you mentioned, the storyline must keep going. Um, we are not watching the show. That's the next day, which is in Georgia. I forget where in Georgia. But again, look at a map. North Carolina to Georgia is a bit of a hike. Mm -hmm. um, so again, we are most of us driving from like the Philly area to North Carolina, which is a hike. And then from North Carolina to Georgia, which is a hike. And then driving home, which is a hike. Uh, and then we are skipping that show again. Rather uneventful show. Spoilers, Eddie Kingston retains over uh, Mr. Touchdown. Uh, 3.0 retain over the Batiri. And then we head into Tag World Grand Prix weekend, which is two shows, an afternoon and a night show uh, from Chicago. We will not be watching both shows in their entirety. Okay, good. <laughs> it's You're going to get like a best of hits from the two shows to kind of put one show together, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. All right. So 
what do you have to assign to me, Mr. Adam? Well, Joe, um, obviously there's been a lot of talk the last week or two uh, about WWE being like a new promotion that the opportunities are endless. You know, anything can happen now that uh, old Paul's in charge. And I had actually made a joke uh, a week or so ago that uh, they should have just went ahead and just like stripped everybody for, of their titles and uh, ended all the storylines and just started anew. Kind of like happened on the episode of Nitro from April 10th, 2000, where Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo came in and just stripped everybody of their titles and started everything from scratch. So, Joe, we are going to jump on the cock and we're going to watch the episode of Nitro where the new blood and the millionaires clubs all got their origins. (sighs) You know, there was a time, Adam, you think you're punishing me by making me watch 2000 WCW. Not at all. I'm. I want to watch this. I have not seen any of this since it aired live 22 years ago, and I want to rewatch it. And uh, I will. I will say this: if you're a sucker, you'll go uh, watch it on the cock. I'm gonna go find this by legal means. I assure you. Is there maybe like different music and stuff that I could enjoy if I if I don't go on the cock? If I were to do it through other legal means? Ah, uh, you know me. I just like. Uh... I like watching the, uh, you know, the, the, the original airing, the purest, unadulterated form of these shows, you know? Gotcha. Huh. Well, maybe maybe uh, point me in the direction of that totally legal means as well, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe All if right. you're good. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just jump on the cock as well. You know, yeah. it, it's there. I checked. I was worried that it wouldn't be. And uh, depending on how I enjoy this, this might be a, you know, a, a thing, you know? Uh-huh. We'll see. I debated I debated Joe. I was going to be like, maybe we should watch the last episode of Nitro. And then I was like, nah, that's kind of overplayed. And I don't like like I have no nostalgia for the the Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon stuff. Uh, So I was like, oh, maybe we'll watch like the episodes of Nitro leading up to the end, like after the greed pay-per-view and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, you know what? Let's go back to a starting point kind of like a fresh new number one, which is the the Bischoff and Russo era. Right. So. We are getting to a point where once I'm done assigning Chikara shows, which is going to be pretty soon, sooner than you think, um, I might just be assigning to you like like week-by-week week episodic TV of like whatever I could find, like Mid-South, Old Memphis, ECW, something, you know? Well, you keep mentioning, you know, Mid-South and Old Memphis. It better not be that old because I'm not watching anything prior to 1990. Well, well, we'll talk, pal. Well, okay, then I'll be assigning a Cody Rhodes reality show then. Well, that's going to be your problem. <laughs> oh, like you, you can't tell me that things are off, like, uh, off limits and then not honor my off limits stuff. Uh-huh. Well, I'll I'll, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I could find Memphis uh, prior to 1990. Uh, again, I'm sure you can, but I'm not watching if it's prior after 1990. After 1990, because right. otherwise I'm just going to show up and take an incomplete for homework. All right, <laughs> All right Joe. What's uh, next? So hey, uh, so uh, I'll put the link. Uh, well, no, I can't put the link. Uh, it's on the <laughs> talk. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you ask me, I'll send you a Dropbox link or something. I don't know. Um, but hey, uh, you can support the show by signing up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IndependentWrestling.tv. Uh, I don't know if you saw that they had the uh, Kurt Angle podcast advertising for them this week. 
No, I didn't see that. And I sent uh, Jerry a message with the image that just said, we're just cutting checks to Olympic gold medalists now. <laughs> and he replied, ha ha, you know, nothing more <laughs> outside of that. He's too busy uh, body shaming 90 year olds. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you use the promo code at odds, new subscribers uh, and you stick with it. And if you sign up, you absolutely will stick with it. Uh, we get a little bit of a kickback. It's uh, our way or your way of letting Jerry know that you came to him from us. Uh, you could also help us out by making uh, purchasing uh, shirts and stuff from our T Public store. You can get there through the mothership link, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. 35% off everything up until Sunday. Uh, and that's a bunch of add-ons with wrestling-inspired designs. Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Final Wrestling Plays, Hit My Music. And, uh, of course, Fig Daddy Cool has a shirt in there as well. I don't know how I'm going to get uh, money to him when those shirts start selling like hotcakes, you know? Just send it to me and I'll, I'll, I'll look I'll look for him. That's yeah, you'll, you'll leave it in a mason jar on his porch or something? <laughs> if I can find where he lives, yeah. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and also another way you can help us out is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. It's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter how it is that you get these episodes. Um, does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past week include an eight inch and six and a half inch samurai style letter opener with stand. Ooh. Nice. That sounds like you got like a not only a way to open letters, but a way to do a quick shanking if necessary. Exactly. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased magnetic dry erase markers fine, comma, 12 <laughs> colors whiteboard markers dry erase marker with eraser cap, comma, low order, low odor whiteboard markers fine tip dry erase markers for kids teachers office and school supplies <laughs> very odd placement of commas in that description but thank you very much for buying those <laughs> yeah absolutely i i get that you're trying to to like pop like an algorithm you want to mention as many things as many keywords as possible in these descriptions but i feel like some of these they're just saying the same words over and over again you know, they should look for repetition and get rid of that, and then it could add more unique words. Well, again, you have dry erase in there three times. And you marker. Have white, right. You have whiteboard in there twice, but one is as two separate words, and one is as one word together. And then again, of course, you have markers in there three times as well. <laughs> Yeah, I get like the plural and the singular versions and the hyphenated and, and compound words. But, you know, I think what, I need to get a job being the guy who helps like these Chinese companies translate their their Amazon listings. I think that could be a living for me. We'll That's it's something you could pitch. Start writing up a resume. Yeah, I should do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't need a resume, that's these podcasts, Joe. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Music, Hit My Music. No, Jesus Christ, I keep doing this. We Need Wrestling, <laughs> Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings, between the Sheets, 
and celebrating their 300th episode, although they did some kabuki-ish shit to get to this numbering, uh, is Wrestling Cheers. And Joe, I will say, as a podcast that would never tweak their numbers to meet a certain event or deadline, I'm not a big fan of that, but congrats nonetheless, Wrestling Cheers. Uh, And obviously, I will not promote or mention the A-Show on this podcast. Good, I'm glad. Yes. Uh, And hey, I would be remiss not to mention here as well, uh, of course, we are just as of this recording... A uh, little less than, or a little more than two weeks away from the LVAC Steel Stacks Smackdown at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, as part of Music Fest. Uh, names are being announced. Matches are being announced. Uh, you know, obviously we have the uh, the Boar and Erica Lee, who just recently won the uh, Women's Super Eight and ECWA this past weekend. The two oh, yeah. of them are in the tag team version of the Super 8 in ECWA as well, coming up here in the near future. Uh, Again, you win titles, you win championships. That just means more people want to buy your merch. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm hoping that they they win that uh, ECWA title or the the trophy, and we get to see a boar in the pool uh, photo shoot, you know? Mm, Yes. (laughs) It's time for them to open up that OnlyFans, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So the two of them are taking on Rex Lawless and Little Mean Kathleen. Uh, Puff is taking on Thunderfrog in a singles contest uh, in a six-person scramble, and they have some cute name for whatever the scramble is, and I don't have it right here in front of me. Uh, Common MK, Jet Jigori, uh, Pancakes, Clara Sierras, who we saw on the Real Rumble show, Blackstrom, and the returning Akuma in a six-person uh, multi-man, multi-person match. And then Gabby Ortiz makes her return as she takes on the debuting Davian. Yeah. All right. And if you're one, if you're one of those people that are not on the uh, screen share... And you can't wait until the announcements come out. I could tell you the other three matches on the show. Ooh. And I might even I might even tell you what the sports entertainment uh, segment on the show is as well. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here reading. Don't mind me. All, all right. right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. uh-huh. I'm glad I got my tickets. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully see you there. Um, and listen, I'm just going to throw this out, Okay. If you're following the LVAC, you're going to see that in a couple of the announcements, they tagged SmartMark Video and IWTV, okay? Mm -hmm. You should be there live, okay? I'm not going to say that the show is going to be streaming live on IWTV, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that it's not going to be streaming live on IWTV. It depends. It's a coin flip, really. You never know. Uh, yeah, I think they're <laughs> under the AIW model when it comes to those sort of things. Yeah, <laughs> their ability to do it might be there, but uh, maybe it happens, maybe it don't. It'd be a shame if you didn't see it. Is what I was yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> like you want to see the show in person, but if for some reason you really can't see the show in person, you'll be able to see the show as it happens. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if you watch it on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, you don't have the opportunity uh, to get a Mark photo with Joe or I. Right. And and really, that's like what you're going for. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) But I'm looking forward to it, you know? Good times. So uh, what do we want to do here? We want to do weekly purchases now? Yeah, I would assume that is what is next. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. 
the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> I don't know why the the jingle popped me this week. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's it not pops, as it pops you every goddamn week. <laughs> I mean, no, I think what pops me every single time is the the new does Joe know the card? I laugh every time for that. But I feel like I don't know. Recently, the the this jingle isn't as effective on me. But this week it got me back. It's like one of those things where it's like it's funny, then it's not funny, then it comes back to being funny again. We're at that point. Anyways, mm. Joe. I'm sure you had a big week in weekly purchases, so uh, I'll let you uh, sneak in towards the middle, if that's all right, and I'll, I'll throw a couple out first. Oh, sure, sure. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I had said on the pod before that I think it is financially irresponsible to not back every single crowdfunded item. Uh, with that being said, there are four days left to back to back the uh, Cobra Hiss tank on Hasbro Pulse. I have not yet done it. Uh, I I should though, right, Joe? I I need like some reassurance that I should do that. It's been fully funded, so every single stretch item is there. Uh, so it's like three uh, classified series figures, the tank, all the little doodads and whatnot. So I should do it, right? You're just gonna flip it, right? Most likely. Oh uh, yeah, probably. go. Go yeah. for it. Just flip it. If you're keeping it for your practically non-existent GI Joe collection, I would have tried to talk you out of it. But you're gonna flip it. Just flip it. Buy it. Yeah. Flip. It. Yeah, I don't. I have a handful. Like most of my GI Joes are just like Cobra Bats and like one or two other things. But yeah, it. I should buy to flip it. You're right. Um, one other housekeeping thing I mentioned, uh, last week that when I went to Pandora's box, I was going to, I was considering buying a power of the force dark trooper figure. If you remember that. And I, then I saw it on eBay and it was cheaper. Yes. But anyways, I added it to my watch list on eBay and then the seller basically sent me an even cheaper offer. Uh, so I pulled the trigger and I got it for like 20 bucks ship. So very happy with that. Those power of the force expanded universe figures were hard to find back in the day. And obviously with eBay, you know, nothing's hard to find anymore, but, uh, that was one of them that I was missing for a long time from that set. And I'm glad to add it. So right now I'm only missing, I want to say like Mara Jade and, uh, who, oh, Admiral Thawn, if that's a guy, I think those are the only two of those expanded universe star Wars figures I don't have. Gotcha. Um, and then one last thing before I send it over to you. I've been on the quest looking for the new McFarlane Black Series, not Black, Black Series, McFarlane Gold Label uh, Walmart exclusive Azrael figure. Uh, no luck so far. I do not think they've hit our neck of the woods, at least according to Brickseek. Uh, but I did buy the Gold Label Parallax figure. And I actually picked up a second one to send out to the uh, Scotty Pippen of Azrael figure collecting who wanted one for his kid. So happy to help him out there. Oh, that was mighty nice of you. Thank you. Um, but that's uh, I'll send it over to you, Joe. Let you, let's get a weekly purchase out of you. Uh, yeah, I only got one thing. Uh, what? So there is a, again, it's a light week. We'll see how this weekend goes. Um, but it's time to start shopping for like my kid's birthday and Christmas and stuff like that. So there's this game that he's been talking about that he's been waiting for it to come out on the Switch. It's called Ooblets. Okay. It's kind of like a mix of like your Stardew Valley with a little bit of 
Pokemon with a little bit of like card-based strategy game in in there. It's an indie developed game, but it's kind of like an higher-end indie developer game. Um, and it's finally coming out for the Switch. It was supposed to come out summer, but now it's not coming out until last half of 2022. And I ordered it through Fan Gamer because it comes with a bunch of extras, like a map and a sticker sheet, little postcards. And again, I'm still a physical media person, and I try to impart that on my kid. Very few games does he have for the Switch or things that he could download on the Switch. Yeah. Um, you know, physical media is always the way to go. You know, Plus you never games, know. With games, you can then, like, when you're done with them, you can sell them, you know? Like, well, yeah, you, you can't do the DLC, but can't you just sell the games? Like, that? that's what I am with, like, PlayStation. I'd rather have a copy that when I'm done, yeah, you're not going to get what you paid for, but at least you have some type of currency there. Right. Now, we, we're we going to get, you know, obviously that's going to be for my kid to make the decision when he gets a little bit older and he wants to start selling games, but we're not at that point yet. Sure. Um, and we've been a little bit more, um, like he maybe only gets like two to three games a year now. We kind of went crazy in the early days of the Switch. He has way too many goddamn Switch games. Um, but like he always gets the new Pokemon game. He always gets whatever the new Mario game is. And then like the foreign few between like a Kirby game or something like that. But anyway, yeah. um, where I was going with this is, uh, yes. So resale value on a game. Yes. Um, I don't know if you remember this. This was a couple years ago. There was discussion. And we're off the subject, but I got nothing else to talk about for weekly purchases. So I pre-ordered that Ooblets game for my kid. It'll hopefully be here for his birthday and or Christmas because he'll get it for one or the other. Um, a couple years ago, there was discussion that either Sony or Microsoft or both of them were going to put something in their games that it was a code that yep. their intent was to eliminate like resale value at your game stops and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So just basically you can buy the game and like your system is the only system it'll ever play in. Right. You know, so different fan communities were up in arms, uh, game stops and retail reseller places like that were up in arms. And then when reached for comment and I don't have the quote exactly, when reached for comment, a spokesperson at Nintendo, when asked how they feel about this, said, we don't know what that's like. When we make games, people want to keep them forever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a great troll work, yeah. That's, but it's true, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when Nintendo puts out a game, like, whether it's a Mario Kart game or a Mario Party game or, like, a Zelda game or whatever it is, they put it out for good, man. Like they're gonna like you're gonna pay sixty bucks for that game, but you're gonna get like your life out of that game. And yeah, there are people that do resell games, and that's just the way that they are. But uh, if it's like from Nintendo themselves, they don't usually get uh, resold, you know? Yeah, you know what? Just on this topic, and it's not a purchase, but uh, I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube, uh, uh, just kind of like about classic games from like our childhood sure. and it got me got me really itchy like i want to go and replay uh like mario brothers 2 mario brothers 3 uh maybe super mario world uh you know maybe like legend of zelda like some of those old either nintendo or super nintendo games and obviously there's a lot of ways i can do it whether it be like i don't own a switch i don't currently own any nintendo systems uh so like yeah i can get a switch and then you know get the games downloaded uh from their store a couple of years ago they had like the nes classic and the snes classic system yeah. uh and i remember i had bought those systems and then i flipped them because 
that's the way I am. I kind of wish that Nintendo didn't make them so scarce uh, that they had a flipping value. I wish they just mass produced them so that people like me would have just sat on them and enjoyed them. But like I'm actively looking at ways like there's even like modded NES classics and bootleg Chinese ones that have like hundreds of games on them. But I'm I'm looking into my options for how I can go and replay some old Nintendo games because I'm getting real itchy to do it, you know? Um, well, you know, um, I don't condone, condone this, but, uh, you know, you could certainly do through, so through like emulators and stuff, but if you want that authentic experience, you know, that's a little tougher. Yeah. I want a Nintendo controller or super Nintendo controller or something like it in my hand. Sure. Uh, and I, and I want to watch it on my TV. I don't want to be sitting on a laptop, you know? Absolutely. But it's something that I'm going to look into. Maybe not today, maybe not next month, but uh, the urge has been the back of my head for a couple months now to, like, replay some of those old games. Yeah, it's, you know, there's there's lots of ways to do it, you know? Yep. It might cost you a couple bucks, but, uh, you know, if you got time, it's worth doing it, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, I guess uh, a couple other things I did purchase. Um, Joe, I, I, this is not an all-heat-no-heaters rant, but it could have been. Um, are you aware of the differences in Funko Pops, whether you get them at a convention versus getting them at a, a store like Walmart or GameStop when there's like an exclusive? Isn't it just the difference of a sticker on the box? It is a difference of a sticker. So let me g- give you as a quick example, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which was obviously last week or the week before, you know, we talked a lot about it. Uh, and much like any other convention, there were San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Funko Pops and a couple of them that I wanted. And we talked about this uh, on the air. Um, I usually go on Funko's website. And I buy the ones that I want if I can. And if I can't get them on the website, I'll go and uh, get them at the stores that have the shared exclusives. Because a lot of times they'll be like, oh, this one's also you know, exclusive to Walmart or Target or GameStop, whatever. But the benefit had always been of getting them on Funko's website is that you'll get the exclusive sticker that says San Diego Comic-Con on it. And uh, – Like if you buy it on the website or get it at the convention, it'll say San Diego Comic-Con. But then if you get it at Target or GameStop or whatever, it'll just say summer exclusive. Uh, Or like if it's a New York Comic-Con, the one you get at the show or on Funko's website will say New York Comic-Con. But then you get it at a store, it'll say fall exclusive. Does that make sense? It's like two different versions of the sticker. Yes. So the one that carries more... Uh, resale value is obviously the con exclusive sticker. So I always try to buy them from Funko's website. And in the past, I've always gotten the con exclusive sticker. Every once in a while, they'll fuck you and they'll send you a shared exclusive sticker. You know, and it's just, it is what it is. Some of them slip through the cracks. But I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives that you ordered from Funko all came with the shared exclusive this year. Mm. Uh, all of the San Diego stickers were just at the convention. So that kind of bothered me, but not so much that I was going to be like, oh, I need to rebuy all of these Funkos that I got from San Diego, uh, except for the Jumbo Unicron Funko. Uh, I am, a, as much as I can be, a, a Transformers Funko Pop completist. And uh, when I got the one in the mail a couple days ago and it had the shared exclusive sticker on it, I was like, oh, God damn it. I got to go on eBay and buy the San Diego version. Uh, so I am now the owner of two different 
Unicron Funko Pops, where the only difference is the 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 basically the print that's on the sticker. Because I'm a crazy person. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> as you say, did they? Is that a recent change that if you buy the San Diego exclusive, not at the con, but through Funko themselves, that it is the shared exclusive sticker? Like in the past, was it always the San Diego sticker? So in the past. Whenever I ordered stuff from Funko's website, I always got the more in-demand con version of the sticker. Um, at whatever the last big Comic-Con was previous to uh, uh, San Diego, and I don't remember what it was, um, all of like half of my order was like one and half of it was the other, if that makes sense. It was kind of a gotcha. mixed bag. Okay. Uh, but from, from what I am reading online, going forward, the only way you can get the con sticker is at the con, which pisses me off. Yeah, that sucks. Um, again, a change to it where, like I said in the past, you said it was a mixed bag. But yeah, that sucks if you're, you know, jonesing for that specific sticker. Yeah. And normally I don't care. Like, I get, like... For example, for the San Diego exclusives, there was like a Peacemaker Funko, which I ordered. I got sent the shared exclusive, which isn't going to be worth as much as the San Diego version, but it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'll settle for it. But if it's like something that I, I, I try to be a completist on, you know, like like Transformers, uh, I'm stuck going and chasing the more expensive one, you know? Anyway. For sure. Um, what was going to be my main event this week? And it's certainly not a big boy purchase, but uh, I, I messaged, I have a group chat where all we do is go do deep dives into New Japan and Japanese wrestling in general with Brett and DJ from We Need Wrestling. Oh, for sure. And uh, I asked a question because I, I have to admit ignorance on this, but I, I posed a question to the group and I said, hey, uh, does the great Okan have a figure and unfortunately, Joe, he doesn't. I was sad to see he does not have a figure. But it did get me jonesing to go on eBay and find out what merch I can buy of the great Okan, who is one of my favorite wrestlers and my spirit animal. And while I was not able to get uh, a figure of him, I did buy a card, uh, like a, you know, a baseball card for lack of better terms. And I'm actually sending you the picture. Uh, and it is definitely the coolest representation of the great Okan in cardboard form. I think you can possibly ask for short of him, like hanging out with strippers. Uh, but, uh, this was a grand total of $4, $4 shipped from Japan. And I kind of wish I bought more of them just so I could have one in every room in the house. And I just might, you never know. Once this one arrives, I might buy more of them, Joe. <laughs> just, I don't know That's cool. Yeah, it's a cool-looking card. He's sitting there chilling in a suit with a cigar in his hand. Uh, it's pretty awesome. But that was going to be my main event, Joe. But I actually bought something on eBay, uh, a, a wrestling figure. Because if you notice, I have not mentioned any wrestling figures yet. Uh, but this was actually something I was not necessarily in the market for. Uh, but I feel like the price was too good to pass up. And it does uh, it does fit a certain shelf in the Detolfs, we shall say. Uh, but I purchased an Anna J, one of five thousand AEW Chase Joe. And do you want to take a wild guess at what I paid on this? I normally don't usually do this, but do you want to guess what I paid for this figure shipped? Fifty bucks. Keep going lower, Joe. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, 35 shipped? I wish. I paid after taxes and shipping $42.50. 
Holy cow. Yeah. So uh, a week or so ago, somebody put one up in the major group for like 60 bucks. And I was like, that's got, holy crap, that's super low. And I messaged him just on a whim. I was like, you do any better on it? Because he, I think he had said something like all prices are negotiable. And then he said, well, I'll do 50. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's a good price. But I was like, oh, we're going to show some restraint. We're not going to buy a $50 figure. Uh, and then eventually he sold to somebody and I was kicking myself. Um, but I went on eBay and somebody else had one for 60 and I sent him an offer for like, it was like 60 shipped or best offer. And I sent him an offer for like 40 or whatever it was that amounted to 4250 after taxes. Uh, and I was like, at that price, I, I can't not. That's like the price of two a standard figures, you know? Yeah. Listen, always make offer, man. That's the, absolutely that's the uh, rule i'm glad i'm importing that on more people you know <laughs> yeah i've always been that way and let's just say i might ha i might be going back and forth on like a big boy purchase with uh some <laughs> offers right now um, i don't want to i don't want to blow up your spot but when you sent me it sent us that message earlier today yeah you're like yeah uh, i'm pitting some ebay sellers against each other <laughs> yeah maybe uh maybe uh i weigh in over my head with like some of these purchases that i shouldn't be making but uh Maybe more on that next week. I don't want to talk about it yet, but uh, uh, you know, every once in a while, things Joe works out. Uh, things work out like with that Anna J Chase. You know, got a really good deal on it. But uh, Joe, every once in a while, things don't work out, and I get pretty pissed off about it, Joe. Oh, I know what that means. Joe, I'm not going to take a long time on this, but last week or the week before, I relayed a story that I read on the internet, and usually the internet's very reliable, uh, but it basically was a conversation that uh, somebody had with Amazon's customer service, and they basically uh, yes. said they basically said that yeah, we had to cancel a bunch of our exclusive Ultimate Hulk Hogan's. But we only canceled the people that we weren't going to be able to fulfill the orders for. And if your order wasn't canceled yet, don't worry, it's going to ship. So after a long goddamn year of waiting, don't worry, we're going to send you your Hulk Hogan Ultimate figure. But you know what, Joe? I was one of those people whose order wasn't canceled. So I'm like, it's only a matter of time. And in a couple of days, my figure is going to get shipped. And I saw a thing that said, oh, your, your order is shipping tomorrow. Don't worry. Don't worry, Adam. You're not going to go have to pay double or triple or quadruple in the secondary market. Uh, you are a good boy. And you pre-ordered your figure on day fucking one, hour one. And you, you're going to get your figure. Uh, so you have nothing to worry about. But you know what, Joe? I have a lot to worry about because Amazon fucking canceled my Hulk Hogan pre-order. August 21st, 2021, I placed that pre-order. And friggin' August 9th, 2022, they cancel it. Almost a year to the day of them basically saying, don't worry, you're getting your figure. And they fucking cancel it. So you know what? Oh, I'll just pop on eBay and see what they're going for. Joe, you want to take a wild guess of what the cheapest one on eBay is going for right now? Uh, let's say $150. Uh, you're a little bit aggressive on that, but around $90 bucks is the cheapest one 
on fucking uh. eBay. Uh, the cheapest one on Amazon is 150 if you'd like to buy it from one of those secondary market persons. Uh, and yes, I've seen that I can go and potentially argue my case and spend two hours on Amazon's customer service and, and maybe get some type of bill credit. But I honestly, I, I just don't have the energy to do that. Uh, so I did complain in the major group and a major mark slid into my DMs and offered me a not exorbitant markup. It was a markup, but it was it was way better than the, the $85, $90 that they're on eBay. And uh, my final purchase for this week, and I'm not happy about it, is I had to go and rebuy an Amazon exclusive Hulk Hogan Ultimate Edition figure. And oh, by the way, I also pre-ordered an Amazon exclusive Ultimate Goldberg figure that a lot of these idiots already fucking have, but mine's already been delayed twice because there's no rhyme or reason to pre-ordering anything from Amazon when it comes to the Ultimate Edition. And you know what? I take back what I said earlier in the show about Kevin Ford being my favorite independent wrestling commentator because that jerk already has his Shawn Michaels, already has his Hogan. Both of them have been delayed multiple times. I'll probably never get those either. They're probably going to get canceled a year from now. I hate Amazon. I hate Ultimate Edition figures. I don't hate you, Kevin Ford, but you're on my shit list. And I'm not happy about any of this. God, I hate these pre-orders. Is this the final straw for you to get out of the Ultimates business? <sighs> it's getting there. It's getting there. We'll see if I get my Shawn Michaels or not. I have two of them on order. Uh, if I get somehow screwed out of getting an ultimate Shawn Michaels, when noted Shawn Michaels disparager Kevin Ford gets his in like a day, uh, that'll probably be the straw that broke the camel's back. So have they, the people doing this, has any of them discovered or realized or anything, um, any sort of like rhyme or reason as to like who got them and why? None whatsoever. If you're because if you're saying that you ordered it like day one, hour one, yep. Does this mean that they're only going to like day one, half hour one people? Not at all. Or because... are there people chiming in that are like, yeah, I, I pre-ordered mine like six days later and I got mine. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like the Hulk Hogan, for example, I was watching the Mattel like stream where they were announcing the figure. And they uh -huh. were like, okay, and now you can go and pre-order the Hulk Hogan. And however long it took me to, like, minimize the video and see the Hogan's listing and click buy, that's when I ordered it. And there are people, like, there, that figure has been sold out or, or unavailable on Amazon's website for the better part of the year. But on occasion, you know, you'd get the Paternia update where they're like, oh, the Hulk Hogan's back up on Amazon. You know, or you'd see in the major Facebook group somebody would give the Iggy that it's available again. And there are people who pre-ordered it or ordered it throughout the last year at various times that got theirs. But meanwhile, Mayan that was placed like literally almost as quickly as humanly possible never got theirs. There are people that pre-ordered multiples or uh, across multiple points in time and got all of theirs. And I just never got my first one. Derek, our friend, listener of the show, he pre-ordered his maybe 15, 20 minutes after I pre-ordered mine because I ordered mine and then texted him and his got canceled two weeks before mine did. You know, uh, there's literally no rhyme or reason to it. I find it hard to believe 
that Kevin Ford ordered his Shawn Michaels before mine. Uh, if not, we pre-ordered them at the exact same time and his is already in his hands and mine has already been delayed until the end of August. Uh, my Goldberg, when I first pre-ordered it or when I first ordered it, they said they were in stock and it was, I would get it in another like two days, you know, as a prime member. And now that says like late September, uh, the whole process is fucked. Um, nobody from Mattel has like stepped up and said, yeah, we we're having issues with fulfillment or, or anything like that. Uh, de- like I said, depending on who you get, uh, at Amazon, they have no idea. And I wouldn't expect a regular customer service person to know the ins and outs of the distribution process, but some of them are like, yeah, well, you know, we apologize. Here's $150 store credit. Some of them are like, here's $10 store credit. Some of them are like pound sand, uh, it's just a big clusterfuck. When ringside is is actually a better customer service process than Amazon, then you know you got it bad, you know? Well, Amazon's still below Pro Wrestling Tees, though, right? That That is true. Thank God my Moxley finally showed up after three weeks in Bethlehem. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't have to deal with Pro Wrestling Tees with trying to get a refund. Well, they knew you were going to the Steel Stack show in two weeks. And they yeah, figured, we'll just sit it here and he could just come pick it up. <laughs> that, that was probably the idea. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, right now, like I said, I got the, I had no problem getting the Jeff Hardy, which a lot of people had cancellation issues with, uh, and the Triple H and Ultimate Warrior, they shipped with like no problems. I bought it and like two days later they showed up, but that Hogan like was a clusterfuck. Uh, and I'm worried about the Goldberg. I'm not really worried about the Goldberg, but I'm more worried about the goddamn Shawn Michaels, you know, uh, Am I ever going to get these figures? It, why do I have to pay like two times, three times retail when a guy who pre-ordered it after me or the same time as me or a week after me is getting them in their hands? The whole process is fucked and it's pissing me off. If I cared. <laughs> yeah. um, Like if I had any skin in this game, right? And I was more of an active poster in the Broski group, right? Yeah. I would try to coordinate with these folks that had these cancellations of like, okay, when did you order? When did you get your cancellation? Like, where are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like, where are you in the United States? And I would try to run some sort of something to try to figure out the why of all this. Because this all feels like it can't just be random. There has to be some sort of why people are getting them in the hopes that if I get that raw data and there's enough people, I'm sure there's a ton of people in the broski group that got it. That's enough of a sampling of however many figures there's going to be for this thing that you could get enough data to see like, okay, it seems as though if you were on the East coast and you ordered it within the first like hour, you got it canceled. But if you were in the Midwest and you ordered it within the first 24 hours, you were okay. Like, I would be like, and if I had free time, that's the other thing. Skin (laughs) of the game, more active in the group, and free time. I would be trying to cultivate this to figure out why. So, one, I at least had that peace of mind that I figured it out, that it wasn't just a random shot in the dark that I didn't get it. So, at least for the next time, I know, and in the hopes, can like, okay, I've created this group. Within the group, we're all going to order. And we're all going to kind of track our process together. Yeah. I, I, it's a decent idea. It is a lot of work, like you said. Uh, 
I mean, option B is giant class action lawsuit against Amazon and Walmart for not fulfilling pre-orders. Who's with me? <laughs> well, again, I'm, and I'm, I'm also shocked that Amazon hasn't, um, or Amazon, Mattel hasn't addressed this yet. Yeah. Now, a lot of people complaining about that, that like, why are they being silent on that? And like, why is it that, and I get it, like, different characters have different demand and everything like that, but like, why is the, sh- the Hulk Hogan and the Jeff Hardy next to impossible to get, and they've always been impossible to get, but then like the Triple H and the Ultimate Warrior, there's just billions of them sitting in warehouses everywhere. And then now it's looking like the Shawn Michaels and the Goldberg might be closer to the Hogan and the Hardy. You know, it's like there's no rhyme or reason to anything. And yeah, there there hasn't been a statement that I've seen from anybody, you know, to address it. So then on top of this, it makes me wonder, that even though all these Hogan's got canceled, a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, are they just going to randomly pop back up? Yeah, and that would piss me off because I've already waited a year. If they, honestly, if if they were like, okay, you're going to get it in November, but you're going to get it, you know, we just have to wait for them to come on a slow boat from China or whatever. Uh, I would have been fine with that, but if they're going to cancel it. And then I went and dropped 55 bucks to get one of them in the major group and then have them just show up again, you know, like three months from now, four months from now, I'm going to be like triple pissed. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sure that'll be a a future rant, but thank God the AEW Supreme figures don't do this to me, Joe. That's a reliable line. Yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yet. Uh, Give it time. Give it time. Yeah. Well, let's get us out of here, Joe, unless you have any other secret purchases. Uh, no, I do actually have two last things to mention. Uh, one, you got to follow the social media accounts. Uh, the next LVAC show is October 21st. Okay. Um, I just saw the LVAC account tweeted out, and it was kind of sort of confirmed. So uh, October 21st, um, you know, even if you're uh, booked, you're typically booked on those shows. This might be the first time that you're finding out that there's going to be a show on October 21st. I'm just going to put that in my phone. Yep, yep, yep. And then, uh, hey, as part of the soon-to-be-named network, Longbox Heroes, what have you, the Pigskin Pickums are live to start doing. Um, you know, it's through ESPN's Pigskin Pickums thing. We've been doing it for several, several years, and it's always fun to see a lot of the listeners of this show pop up in there. Uh, we first plugged it on Longbox Heroes this past week. It's going to be the pinned post at the top of Longbox Heroes where all the shows are housed. Um, at least my shows, you know, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, at Oz with Wrestling. Um, so go ahead, sign up. It's very easy. The instructions are there in the uh, description. And we already have three, four, five, six people in there, uh, not including myself. Todd uh, Vansky, all caps, is in there. Uh, <laughs> the not-so-great Okan is in there, amongst others. Oh, that better not be shade at my favorite Japanese wrestler. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'll just say, Words is not signed up yet, so uh, we're, we'll, it'll be fun to see when Words does sign up. I know Todd hasn't done any social media stuff about this, but I figure I'm doing... Uh, my contractual obligation regarding the mentioning of this as early as possible so I never have to think about it ever again. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I will make sure that we promote it uh, in the weeks leading up to the season kicking off. Yep, you'll have to let our uh, social media person handle that. 
I will. I'll, I'll, I'll let the intern know. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So I think that's plenty of show this week. Uh, we did keep it under three hours. Yeah. Um, so which keep- I think that's a plus. Yeah, I think two hours to 2.15 is a nice sweet spot. That's where we ran last week. Exactly. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.